All right, we got Josh Sagman. What's up? We got Spencer Cash. What's up, buddy? And we got the famous Grant Gazi here today. Thank you for coming in and all hey, of you. Thank you for having me. I, I don't know if I'd say famous, but I appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> so we're going to start with you, Spencer. What's your favorite food? What's your favorite fast food? McDonald's. Well, that's why they're billionaire, uh, biggest uh, fast food company, right, Josh? Yes, You do enough franchises. That's true. McDonald's, uh, as long as you don't own one in Russia, Spencer, we'll be all right. <laughs> yeah, that, that might be a problem. Right? <laughs> So you still got your brokerage going on, yeah. right, uh, with Transworld, mm-hmm. Ambassador for Tito's, mm-hmm. and I still can't believe you opened up uh, Palm Beach Lamborghini, yeah. and uh, you did the Aventador at uh, Mar-a-Lago. Yep. It's big stuff. But you know, the good stuff is what we're here about today, charity, yeah. buddy. Yeah, you're right. And Grant, polo player, yeah, all-star, and big stuff. But for now, we have the white party coming up. Yes. So Grant and Josh, tell everybody how that came about. Yeah, I, I guess I can chime in here. So back in 2016, we uh, a bunch of us got together. So Grant, myself, Nick, Roldan, um, Mark and Catherine Bellissimo, the Wanderers Country Club that we belong to, a charity called Brook USA, and we created this event. And for a couple years, and I'll try to stay politically correct with how I talk, it was an <laughs> amazing event. We were all involved. We raised hundreds of thousands, I think over a million dollars for charity. And like most charities, I'm not going to say they get greedy, but you know, they feel like they can do it on their own, which is wonderful um, for them. So after 2018, we kind of all pulled away and didn't really do much anymore with the charity and, you know, just kind of went about our thing. And then this year came around and it was great because Grant last year won the county for LLS, raising money for cancer charity. And Nick hadn't done this sunset polo since 2018 when was he involved and brook usa which you know was our partner and started it with us decided to do a green party um still amazing you know they're doing a green party for saint patty's day and they're doing it at another club so we said you know why not get back involved so we ended up getting together grant myself and nick um, we put the we brought the old band back together <laughs> with Natasha and you know Mark and Melissa Ganzi, Grant's parents, and we just got a really good group together. And literally, we uh, we sold out. I think in what eight days <laughs> from when we eight put it days. out there. Yeah, eight days from when we put it too. out there. Yep. And uh, it's uh, going to be a five hundred person party. Uh, a lot of um, VIPs. Five thirty. It starts. It goes to around seven with the polo match as the sun comes down. We're transitioning it into an authentic Argentina Sado. Oh, wow. That would be cool. And uh, yeah, and then we've got a DJ followed up by, uh, and we're not going to tell you, even though you're going to want to know, a special surprise performer. Uh-oh. So we've got somebody coming in who uh, everyone will know, you know, has been all over the news, all over everything. It's a pretty big thing. So uh, we're not saying who it is. Spencer, who is it? You know? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> don't doubt. Don't doubt. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so so it's exciting to be back. And as I said, once again, what's great about it is we got the band back together. And we're doing a white party with Polo and Charity. And it's all benefiting Grant, who this year, he's just doing it all-star. So we've got a couple of people that, I mean, I think everybody's been involved with cancer in some capacity. Oh. Um, and, you know, one of our big sponsors this year is uh, Laura DeLuca Hirsch and Neil Hirsch who was Players Club. Remember we spoke about Players yeah. Club and Neil actually passed away. Oh, I'm sorry. In, yeah. yeah, he passed away in August. Uh, and, 
you know, Grant and, and Neil used to do a lot of stuff together. And, you know, Neil's um, widow basically has said, whatever I can do to help. And she's been really active with, she in fact imported a trophy. So at the end of the polo match, they get this beautiful silver, sterling silver trophy. And she had it imported from England. That's so cool. For, for the event. And uh, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be great. You so. know, a lot of times with the charity events, mm -hmm. how do you know, like I know you are, like I know you, but mm -hmm. how do you know that it's going to the right spot? Because a lot of times they have charity events and whoever's running it takes 20% of it. Mm -hmm. Or or they give twenty percent to the the cause and they pocket eighty and they're on a jet. Well, for us, what's great about LLS is we don't touch any of the money. So everybody that bought a table, everybody that bought a ticket, it goes directly to LLS. And you're you're right. I mean, that's something that always comes into comes into play. I mean, that was a lot of the problems we had with the previous group because where was the money going? You know, is it going to serve animals or is it going to pay for the executive director and other people? So we don't know. Right. And um, for us, I think the most important thing and, and as Grant will tell you is, uh, is obviously raising money and doing a good thing. But most importantly, I only put my name on one event a year, you know, and when Grant and I went out to lunch, he was like, let's do this amazing event. And then we said, how can we make it amazing? And then we brought Nick in. You know, and Grant and Nick play all over the world in polo. So he'll tell you a little bit like with Grant and Nick, they're like, you know, they've played, as you say, you'll, you'll get into, I'm sure, you know, whether it was, you know, Prince Harry or whether it was in Aspen Polo or wherever it is, they do these huge things. And we all said as three really good friends, let's, let's raise money. You know, and that's what it's all about. And that's where Grant, you know, got on board. And then we got Nick. And, you know, once again, Nick kept these, you know, Sunset Polo matches going. And we did the two of them together. And then he did one over in England, actually, a third. And then this will be the fourth annual. Uh, Victor, uh, mm -hmm. you know Victor Concepcion? Yeah, yeah. yeah he, he was talking yeah, about the Sunset Polo because he does, uh, what, the breakfast over there or he helps out with the breakfast or something? Yeah, it's it's two different types of polo. So you've got International Polo Club, which is every Sunday. Um, and I'll let Grant get into it, but Grant's family owns um, something called Grand Champions. And it's a 26 goal. It's the best polo players in the world. You know, it's they're just two totally different entities i guess is the best way to put it yeah so it's two two of the highest levels uh played outside of argentina and we play the highest level polo outside of argentina at grand champions and they play uh, a high level as well at, at international polo club palm beach where victor contesion works and he's actually helped us promote a little bit of sunset polo and and uh you know in turn obviously i'm gonna go support his wings wheels fashion so that's cool yeah yeah, so, yeah he's I'm a good, good guy and, yeah. and you know, I, I got connected through him with a bunch of mutual friends. Um, he actually was running for All-Star the year that I ran for Man of the Year in 2020 during COVID and everything. So yeah, it was yeah. pretty crazy. <laughs> that's how I first really met him. And then, you know, through Josh, I kind of started uh, um, seeing him more. And then I kind of had more mutual connections with Victor. And, you know, he's been great. So Now, now when you take polo in other countries or areas and then you compare it to, say, here in Florida... Right. Is there a massive difference in the way they play the competition or this podcast is brought to you by Monster Energy. Tear into a can of the meanest energy drink on the planet. Monster Energy It's the ideal combo of the right ingredients in the right proportion to deliver a big bad buzz that only Monster can. Monster packs a powerful punch, has a smooth, easy drinking flavor. Athletes, musicians, co-eds, road warriors, metalheads, geeks, hipsters, and bikers dig it. You will too. Monster Energy is more than just the green OG. Monster has Monster Ultra, 
Juice Monster, Monster Hydro, Rehab Monster, Dragon Tea, Monster Max, Muscle Monster, and many more. Buy on Amazon, buy on Walmart, or go to MonsterEnergy.com and believe me, you'll find a place. Unleash the beast, Monster Energy. So yeah, uh, in Argentina, they play the highest level in the world, which is 40 goal. So basically, uh, the highest handicap that an individual player can be is 10 goals. And Nick is 8, and I'm 3, for example. Um, so having all 10 goalers on the field, the best of the best, playing is like the highest level. It's like playing uh, the NFL or, you know, uh, PGA, you know, the Masters. It's at the top. That's it's the top. at the top, and you better yeah. be good or you're, yeah. you have no shot. No, you can't make it in, unless you're a six-goal-rated player. So you have to be a certain – there's a minimum requirement to be able to even try to qualify six, for that level. Yeah. Six-goal. Whoa. Yeah, individual ranking. So obviously it, it's tough to be able to play at the top level. So And Nick's done it before. And then example. what made you want to get into uh, the charity and, and this event here with Josh? So LOS approached me – about running for All-Star in November. And I told them the only way I would sign on if I could do a charity pole match. And having in mind, you know, what I wanted to do, I approached Josh for some help. I said, hey, look, I know, you know, in the past, we we, we did the Sunset Pole and White Party in the past. I said, do you want to help out and what should we do? And he goes, it, it'd only be fitting if we got Nick involved. And I said, I agree. And so we approached Nick and he was, you know, all in from the first second and then it just kind of came together and we've been working hard weekly meetings ever since it's so good to see a kid your age grounded and doing this already because this generation like your generation and then the generation coming up after you whew, i don't know it, <laughs> i mean so it's impressive to see this. look he might be the nicest most humble just good guy as i mentioned neil hirsch i mean neil hirsch was one of the most successful businessmen in wellington and I just remember whenever Grant would be brought up, Neil was like, he's the best, whatever I can do, whatever I can do. And uh, yeah, but absolutely. You very grounded, definitely not what people think about millennials, you know? Yeah. He was just in school, correct? At your yeah, class. I came and, straight from class. So, yeah, <laughs> rushed, I came straight rushed from here class. to be here by six so we yeah. could put this on. But, and yeah. and then here he is, man of the year. <laughs> right? You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I probably wouldn't have went to school after that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and he's humble, but he did raise over a hundred thousand dollars for his campaign. Congratulations, man! Oh yeah, and uh, congratulations guys. on the man of the year, man! Very impressive, very impressive, and and just the fact that you know you stick to it, and you you seem very open minded, and yeah, I saw that with Nick as well. And if you're not open minded, how can you learn, right? How can you get better? Of course, no, you got to keep an open perspective with everything in life, especially with um, you know certain opportunities that are presented to you, like when they approached me to do the man of the year campaign, sure, I could have said no, right? Um, I, I was a busy guy. I had school. I had polo. And they approached me in January. So I was just getting ramped up in the middle of the season, and it was late because someone had dropped out um, in 2020. So, so it was like almost a last-minute thing on top of everything. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was last minute. The campaign would start in March, and Good I'd have one you. month to get everything going. And, you know, obviously it was a lot, but I said, you know what, I, I should, you know... I, I, I thought it was a, it was a, it was not only the right thing to do, but it was something that I said. You know what? I'm going to regret not doing this. Yeah, and kind of a way to give back too, right? No, you know? of course, of course. So you know, I've, I've been lucky that I've been able to, um, I guess, see other people give back in my life. Um, Neil was one of those people, and I was able to help with his, you know, boys and girls club events. I did a fundraiser that fall of 2019 for the the hurricane that hit the Bahamas. 
Oh, awesome, man. Yeah, awesome. so we raised like, I think just 20, like 25 grand, but it still was still a huge 25 Yeah, it was grand amazing. Is, so. I mean, anything's good, right? I mean, yeah, it, anything. It, it's just the fact that, that, you know, Grant, you're a young kid doing this, you know? You just don't see it anymore. You know, I'm, I'm so impressed with it. Now, you're from Pennsylvania, too? So I was born uh, outside of Philadelphia. Now, how do you, how were you born in, in Philadelphia and you become this unbelievable person with polo <laughs> i mean when i was in, in philly polo I, I thought we were going shopping for polo shirts you know <laughs> and you wouldn't be wrong um, yeah no not that i had you know didn't like it or nothing against it it's right just, right you know no. up there it's a different world no for sure in the northeast it's cold you know they, they play a lot of arena polo actually in the northeast and uh there's a great program outside of philadelphia called work to ride and they, a bunch of a, a few of my friends actually played there uh, a guy named like a guy named kareem rosser and he actually, they actually did a deal with Polo Rafaelen, so they got, they did a whole sh like photo shoot stuff, <laughs> and they gave money to the program. So, basically, what they would do is they give these kids opportunities to go work, and like muck stalls and feed horses and take care of the horses, and in ch and in return they get to play polo. Oh, cool! So it would keep them, in essence, off the streets or off of you know, being in a gang or drug dealing or just not in school. Because if you didn't have grades, you can play. If you didn't take care of the horses, you can play. So it required a lot of time. And a lot of these kids, it, it, it gave them a better life. Um, oh, yeah. It kept them off the street, kept them away right. from drugs. But it gave them, I mean, a lot of these kids, I mean, Kareem went to Cornell. Wow, really? Yeah. Interesting. And then, I, or CSU, sorry, he went to CSU. And then they, they had another lady, Shariah, went to Cornell. And then his brother ended up going to, like, Roger Wells. So Ooh, those, are, those are big schools. Right. So they went to good school. Yeah. You know, they kept their grades up in high school. They did really well in high school. I think it was a requirement. They had to have certain grades so they couldn't play. So... I mean, they, there's they, things they got like the that. job done, right? Exactly. So it, it, it helps, you know, it was an, that's an example of how, you know, doing something as simple as taking care of a horse can change someone's life. And then what was it that, that made the game of polo a love of yours? So my parents both play and my sister plays. So, I mean, honestly, as a young kid, I didn't really care about it, to be honest. I'd watch it. I loved watching it. But playing, I'd play kids' turns with my buddies, but... I mean, I didn't really get involved until I was about 13 when I started actually trying to ride and practice and get better. Um, because I, for me, what happened was I saw all my friends get way better than I was because I wasn't putting in any effort. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, okay, this is kind of annoying. Like, I want to be, I want to play with my friends. I wasn't playing with my friends anymore because I wasn't improving that much. And so when I tried to get better and better and better, and then I started, you know, I started committing myself more and. I had opportunities to play in Florida that, that, that upcoming season when I was like 14 that obviously not a lot of kids that my age would get those opportunities that often. And I kind of took the opportunities and ran with it. And I'm, I never looked back. I started playing so all you, year. So you were pretty much born into it and almost had the, the DNA genetics coming into this world being that your family was in it and then you got into it. How much um, endurance training do you have to go through? Because, you know, I used to watch a lot of horse racing. I know a lot of jockeys. And originally, me being a moron, I thought that, you know, oh, they just jump on a horse, they figure out how to hold it. But then when I got to know a couple of them, I mean, these guys are running. I mean, they're really in yeah. shape shape. Dude, I rode a horse one time probably a year ago, and I was in bed for like three days afterwards. <laughs> yeah. I was like, how hard is this? I'm on a horse. I like, I was with all our friends playing polo, and I literally, I ran a couple of times up and down. I was like, wait, something's not right right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. He, he, does it, he does it one time. He's in the chiropractor. He's got 17 uh, doctor uh, appointments, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's just you don't use those muscles like um, if you're not on a horse. 
it sounds weird, but there's certain muscles, like a muscle that I actually pulled. I'm like, I haven't played in like a month because I pulled my groin, oh. which normally no one would do, right? How would you do that? Why well, did it playing? Um, so I've been kind of just resting, recovering, and taking my time because it's it's been a process. Do you have a, a strict diet? Uh, you know, I try to, I've been, my girlfriend's vegan, so I've been trying to limit the meat Herbs a little bit. A little bit? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I just try not to eat meat every day, yeah. you know what I mean? Or like every meal. So I just, I'm more conscious about it. Well, my mother had gotten colon cancer. It was stage five, uh, 2001 she had gotten it. And when she went to the right doctors, they had said that they felt that it was caused from eating too much uh, red meat. And it was stage five. So wow. maybe it's a good thing. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, um, so my, my, one of my good friend's dads, he had col he had a um, colon cancer as well. And they said it was from too much meat and too much Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola, like, huh? Yeah. He cut that from his diet and then he obviously doesn't eat as much red meat as he used to. Yeah. Well, thing is he used to get home from riding and, and he'd drink a Coca-Cola bottle, like two liters. <laughs> yeah. Oh, two, two liter. Two liter Coke. Uh, two liter Coke. Yeah. He, he wasn't just having a can a day, right? No, no. It was a two liter Coke <laughs> on ice. Yeah. Stones. <laughs> So yeah, that I mean, obviously that can't be good for you. So everyone should limit themselves to one plate at the asado of the red meat, right? Exactly. <laughs> Four glasses of Tito's, and you're good. Yeah. <laughs> well, Cal. Yeah. So now you played with uh, Prince Harry. Yeah, that's right. So this last summer, um, I got the opportunity to play with Prince Harry and my sister and uh, Nacho Figueres. Oh, congratulations! Yeah, so it was good fun, and he came out to Aspen, and we raised a good amount of money for his charity, Santa Ballet. So happy to help out. Now. How did the pandemic affect your firm? Like the brokerage, the mergers, the franchising. I would assume that the franchises kind of died out. Honestly, just like the real estate market, we're on fire. I mean, I've done six deals since the beginning of the year, and we're what, March? Yeah. <laughs> like right now, everyone wants to be in Florida. So with my business, with my day, I always say my day job and then stuff like this where we have fun is my night. Like <laughs> it's uh, it's been great. I mean, just because... When people want to be here, they'll go out of their way to uh, to figure out a way to come here. In fact, I have a great story with a buyer from Russia. Oh, boy. Got three three weeks ago, yeah. uh, cell phone company, great company. I mean, they basically they do their reseller of mobile phones. Everything from sixth, like sixth, the car company, he'll buy a thousand phones from them for $20, refurbish them and sell them for, for uh for 20 you know like they'll, Wait, they'll like, buy them for 20 like, six, like the rental car place like the rental car yeah, their you, corporate might corporate, have 20 wow. iphone 9s let's say or nine 10s and they're obsolete well he'll buy them for 20 and then refurbish them and sell them for 40 or 50 interesting and a really nice kid out of russia i mean young another you know 24 25 looking for a business for his visa um he has to do it through malta another country long story short we got the deal done and three weeks ago, he had to go back to get his money out of Russia. How'd that go? And right on the border, <laughs> he was right on the border of Ukraine and Russia. And we didn't think it was going to happen. And he basically, he, he got his money out through Dubai. We closed on the business. And then he got held up for three days. Now, he's currently out of the country. But he was like, they were putting in a moratorium. Anybody between the ages of 18 and 60, I think, they weren't going to let leave Russia. Oof. They were going to say they had to join the uh, they had to join the military. So uh, to answer your question, it's it's been good. I mean, for me with what I do, as I, as we said last time, there 
everybody knows somebody that sells residential real estate. Everybody will know a commercial guy. People don't know who to go to for their businesses. You know, the main street, like I do M&A, but my sweet spots will say 250000 to $3 million. Yeah, you're, you're on the high, high end, you know, so, or the higher end scale. Of Main Street, yeah. yeah. So that stuff is, is what. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been a it's been a nice little run. Right, Spencer? Do you sell businesses? Yeah? No? Mm-hmm. You don't know? All right. <laughs> so I apologize. We just got back from Amelia Island. We went up to see my father for the weekend, so he looks a little tired. Did you have fun? Yeah. What do you time, buddy? For spring break? Yeah, what do you want to do for spring break? You don't know? Rapids? McDonald's? McDonald's? <laughs> Rapids and McDonald's. Perfect. Rapids and McDonald's. You're sold, right, Spence? He's done. <laughs> now, I, w- I want to ask you. Yeah. So a lot of these mergers, mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, you had eBay and PayPal, then they got they were together, then they got hit with the monopoly, mm-hmm. so then they m- merged or acquisitions or whatever. Mm-hmm. So now, when these companies do this, and them the pharmaceutical companies and the others like when they make a generic but pfizer still owns the generic of the company mm-hmm. how do they get away with that oh, that's a good question uh, you know when, when you're on that level when you're up there it's a lot of it you know a lot of it goes to lobbyists <laughs> yeah is that what it does yeah, i mean a lot of it's lobbyists in washington dc these lobbyists get paid a lot of money because the pharmaceutical companies will know that they've got to get approval it's got to get through this it's got to get through that um, so that's that's a whole nother element, but yeah, I mean, it, it'll be interesting to see as time goes on what they allow to happen, what they don't. You know, a lot of it, and I know we're not going to get political, but you know, a lot of it is, you know, it libs know is, yeah, yeah. when it's libs, when it's right. You know, they know when they can, you know, who's going to pass and who's going to be in government and how many votes they need. And of course uh, they, they got it all out like a, uh, a strategical uh, time book, right? So that's uh, with on that level. As I said, it's. Uh, but it's a it's an interesting time in business brokerage right now, especially because, you know, you just don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> you know, I mean, gas prices between everything that's going on over in Europe. I mean, are we going into World War Three? You know, the market is so volatile. It's like, you know, one day it's up, one day it's down. It's uh, it's going to be an inter- it's an interesting time period. That's for sure. So we both know that the real estate market is going to boom. It's on. It's got to pop at some time, right? Mm-hmm. It has to. I mean, it can't. I mean, yeah. my house is. 300,000 more than I paid for. My house is not worth 300,000 more than I paid for. Yours is probably worth 10 million more. You know, this <laughs> guy over here. You know? <laughs> no, but it's, well, COVID, what COVID did too in, in my industry, and I can just speak about my industry is, you know, a lot of people were laid off. You know, a lot of people got to a point where they're like, okay, my business isn't what it used to be. So I want to work for myself. So I'm up in New York and I say to myself, all right, you know what, what am I doing? And, you know, I heard you're, as we said last time, you're a big fan of de Blasio. I know he's not around anymore in New York City. But, oh, yeah. He's, he's yeah. No, I'm joking. Yeah, he's, yeah, I'm his number one fan. Um, Him and a couple other ones. But uh, so what, what I found was I think a lot of people were just sick of up north. And I'll tell you, a lot of my buyers right now are that New York, Philly, DC, they just, they're, they're, they're against that liberal, the liberal policies. Just too much. And, and they can come down to Florida. They can buy a business. You know what I mean? It's like they can work for themselves. And uh, that's where it, it fell. But the big ones are interesting because it goes back and forth. As I said, it's just, it's, it's so political with the lobbyists and what they do. Like, as you said, with Pfizer and generic and, you know, you can pay $800 for a, like, it's just, it's crazy. Yeah, because like with Pfizer, mm-hmm. they came out, you know, Viagra turned into uh, generic. Mm-hmm. But 
it's just an umbrella company of Pfizer. So the generic is, say, 33. The brand name is 53. It's still Pfizer. It's just I put it under your name, and Fi and it's now Josh, right? Like, you're the generic company that's making it, but Pfizer, you're just the umbrella of Pfizer. Yeah. That's why I was asking. No, I, know I mean, look, all these look, for me with the white party, I'll order 20 pills for $20 from Canada. Yeah. And then we're right, all good. Right, right. <laughs> or, you could go to, or you could go to Roman and have it delivered right exactly. to your door. <laughs> right? so. Now, you're in business too, right? So, yeah, I'm actually about to graduate from Lynn University here in Boca, and I got two months left. And you can speak, what, two languages? Two languages, that's right. I took a little Italian in high school, but... It's kind of rubbed off at this point. I mean, I, I don't get to use it that often, unfortunately. What are the What are the two that you're good? So I, I speak English and Spanish fluently. You can't beat that. That's no. the two that Spanish you need. Spanish is huge. Yeah, I mean yeah, that, well, that just sets you. The Spanish because of polo. So I grew up speaking it in the house, and I've been I I, I use it almost every day. Well, I, actually, I do use it every day. So that's how I was able to keep maintaining it. I think, to be honest with you, if I hadn't spoken it every day growing up, I probably would would have lost it. Is that what you did? You just did repetition, repetition, repetition? Yeah, because a lot of the, most of Spanish, most of the polo players are Argentine. So on the field, you use Spanish. The grooms that take care of the horses are also Argentine. So with them, you use Spanish. I didn't uh, even know that the, I had a lady that moved next to me and she was uh, Argentine or whatever. And yeah. I didn't even know if they speak Spanish. I didn't know. Yeah. I, I thought they spoke like UK people. You know, I like both of them. I'm just saying, <laughs> just kind of interesting. <laughs> and I heard her going blah, 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 blah. One day I said, I thought you were Argentinian. She South goes, yeah, we spoke, speak Spanish. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm going to go back in the house. Look, you're <laughs> Italian, but you could pass for Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, They're yeah, like, yeah. definitely. But I, I, had, I have trouble speaking Italian. I can understand it. Me too. But speaking it, because there, there's so many different slangs, right? Yes, like, yes. Spanish seems to... Right. I, I took Spanish courses, believe it No, you're right. right. I, I agree with you. Traveling in Italy, I learned that the hard way. Yeah, because um, there's so many levels of slang. Well, the weird thing is I was in, so I was in Naples, Italy a few years ago and we had a guide and a, and a bus driver, right? Our, we were in a private tour with the guide and the bus driver and the guide was like, okay, we're going to speak, you know, you know, standard classic Italian. He spoke. I'm like, oh yeah, I got, I got all of that. He's like, do you get that? I said, yeah, yeah, I got that. Now we're going to speak in the, the Nap Napoleon di dialect. I said, okay, go for it. Didn't understand a word. And then I was like, whoa, okay. <laughs> when they so, start, right, yeah. right, Grant. When they start, no, Josh, when they start messing over there with the O's mm -hmm. and the A's, and then you know, uh, as you go down, it becomes U and O, and then it's just the source to get crazy. Where what yeah, you but just learn fast too. <laughs> yeah. oh, if they yeah. go speaking fast. <laughs> and they speak in a different dialect. You won't get any word. You won't understand a thing. So within polo, what else? What's your goals with business? So you have your polo, right? And we know that, right? So when you uh, graduate. And what do you, what do you, what's your goals with business wise? So I'm actually applying for my ma to get my master's degree. Awesome. So my MBA in sports management. Oh, cool. And I'm either going to do that at Lynn or, or UM. And I just figured, you know, why not get more of an MBA? Cause I, even speaking to my dad last night, um, it was amazing how we were having just conversations at the dinner table. We went to dinner, you know, Wellington and Maxwell's Plum and, just everything was like, oh, did you get your MBA? Like we were, t someone was, he was speaking to someone else at the table and it, was, it immediately went to an MBA. And what I've been seeing, what I've noticed just when passively looking for jobs is that MBA is like a requirement almost. If you want to get a good job in business these days, like entry level, you got to have an MBA wow. or have a bunch of prior work experience, which you can if you're coming out of school. Right. You can, right. you can do internships, like I did two of them, but man, I mean, they're looking for years of 
prior experience, which you can't have, like three years of prior experience. How are you going to do that if you're coming out of college? So it's tough. So getting an MBA is kind of like a way of showing that you went and, and did the effort and got a, a good degree and also that you have somewhat of an experience of having prior internships and other things to on your resume. And then you don't have to hear about MBA anymore, right? Exactly. Once you get it, you never yeah, have to hear that word it. again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you, you get your foot in the door and that's that. Well, but, I mean, yeah. you're doing big things. I mean, we went through your Instagram. I mean, scroll down to this stuff, uh, yep. Rob. I mean, he's got one trophy. How many trophies you got around? So a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Not all of them are the big ones, but they all count yeah, the yeah, same. Trophy's you know? a trophy, right? That, yeah, that's actually with Nick right there. So Nick's in the middle. I'm yeah. in the end, and that was cool. That was for the U.S. That's awesome. That's a 22 goal we played uh, November. That's great. That's so cool. That was fun. Yeah. That's actually in Switzerland. That's in St. Moritz, Switzerland. How'd you like Switzerland? I liked it. Did you? I had a friend that went over there. He said it's unbelievable. It's beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah, the food's really good. Um, that's actually with Nick again. Uh, he played with my dad over there. Uh, we played against him the last day, which is fun. I and remember. I actually got to play there with my mom, which is pretty cool. I didn't realize they played in the snow. That's awesome. Yeah, that's that's on the snow. It's four on four. It's a big field. It's like almost 300 yards long. It's an un unbelievable event that's they cool. do in Switzerland. Now, Grant, is it funner to play in the snow? I mean, I know it's cold, so that isn't cool, I guess, but it's got to be fun playing in the snow, right? It's fun, man. It's yeah, fun. I would think it's so. different because, I mean, if you, if, you can, if you saw the ball, the ball is like an inflatable, like, light ball, whereas in the polo ball on the grass is a hard, like, baseball almost without the laces that's what it is it's a hard plastic ball now how do you adjust to that then though because you're you're using a totally different you know weight size that i mean that's got to be tough it is it's a little weird i think it's easier to go from the smaller plastic ball on the grass and then go to the bigger ball in the snow than it is to go from the snow to the grass yeah because when you have when you're hitting a tiny little ball and then you hit a tiny one, like, oh man, it looks huge. What about right? the horses? What's the difference between the horses and the snow versus? Well, in yeah, in good, Switzerland, it's a good question. In Switzerland, yeah. we we rented horses, mm -hmm. so they're not weren't our own, and they actually in the snow they have to put these scr these screws on. They're like studs, which we don't use in the grass, so the horses don't slip. But they're taken, they're put on and then taken off as soon as they leave the field. Because if they kick another horse with that, they can cut them. Because uh, we always use metal shoes with the horses, but just not the metal, those extra studs in the snow. Um, but th they handle pretty well in the snow. I mean, maybe they, they don't shave them like we do normally in the grass. Like we, we shave their manes and everything. But in the snow, we probably let their hair grow a little bit more so they're not as cold. That That is so cool. I never saw that. I, th I, I think playing in the snow would be cool. Even, super cool to watch. Yeah, though. it's amazing. So yeah. we, we actually, we, we do it in Aspen. And we yeah. did it in December. We do it right before the weekend before Christmas usually. Depends how the dates fall, but that's usually the goal. You, you did real well in Aspen, huh? Yeah. No, it's amazing. It's a great event that my, my mom's been putting on for the last, like, six years. And, you know, I'm, I'm just, you know, lucky we were able to go out and do that. And it's, Well, you it's, seem to crush whenever you're there. <laughs> <laughs> now, when, you, when you're doing all this and you're training, you're eating, you're getting everything right and ready. Yeah. How much preparation is it before a big match in general? Oh, a lot. I mean, some people even even look into what they eat the night before they play. So let's say you got a game the next day at 10 a.m. You know, I'm 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 for me personally, I'm waking up to at least two hours before because I'm showing up to the field an hour before. Um, me personally, I don't eat the morning before I play. I don't eat like right before I play a game, but. I think it, it it depends. Everyone ha it's interesting. Everyone has their own little routine they'll do before they when they get to the field. Generally, people getting the time you arrive to the field is usually the same for everyone. But a lot of people um, either you know 
they'll do like a light training session before I don't do that um I'll always go and I'll make my my horse list so what the order of what horses I'm going to play in the game and then I'll go get on the on the horse physically and go warm up and stick and ball and hit the ball around and practice all the sw- all the shots I'm going to do in the game and then you know I'll go to the tent like for like 10 minutes I'll just sit there like basically in silence and just focus I would approach it just like you. I, I wouldn't eat before that because I, I, I think I would get cramps probably. Oh, I get – yeah. Like I've, I'd I've, probably pull an all-nighter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you well, would. Yeah, you would. Yeah, you would pull an all-nighter. I'd pull an all-nighter and, and probably, probably play probably better. Win. Somehow, <laughs> <laughs> somehow win. <laughs> I'm not going to go in the air and say I've never played hungover. But, <laughs> <laughs> but hypothetically. But hypothetically, one could do that. You didn't hear that. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Definitely the, the yeah. I mean it depends how you want to do it, but a big game I'm not you know, I'm gonna be a good boy, have a good nice meal and, and get to bed early and you know, maybe I, even watch some some tape in, in bed before I go to bed. I was like you when I used to box, I, I have a couple golden gloves and a lot of guys would eat the night before or the morning or if the, if we were fighting uh for the, the golden gloves at say three PM, they would eat at like twelve. I wouldn't eat. I would eat a good big meal before i went to bed but if my if we were fighting at three which you never fight at three because it depends on who's before you right uh when that would happen i wouldn't eat because it would, i would get cramps it, it would cramp me up and it would slow me down and, and everything else so i would and i would do the same thing i would want to be by myself don't bother me don't ask me questions let me get my head together and yeah. you know get ready exactly. but like you said everybody's different mm-hmm. Every, not everybody can do all-nighters and come and play a ball. <laughs> you know? And then arrange white parties, whatever the hell else. Exactly. That'd be awful. Well, what's great, I mean, look, the reason I think this party's as successful as it is is because of a team. You know, and, and, I'm a, and I say that all the time. Like, we really did, and we're blessed because as Grant said and I said how it kind of all came together. And, you know, and, and it just we delegate you know what i mean like we bring everybody knew it was for a great cause you know as i said we're not making a penny none of us are making any money on this it's all about blood cancer and everybody can relate to cancer and uh you know everyone is as grant was saying you know is you know nick natasha myself and grant are kind of at the forefront of it but then you know jenny osleroy and amir with Maxwell Plums. Maxwell's the new hot lounge restaurant out in Wellington. They got involved. They're going to do all the bartenders. They're going to do the official after party. Um, you know, Victor's helping with a lot of promotions and different things along that lines. Um, you know, Trainer Mike has a gym out there, and Trainer Mike's amazing. And Trainer Mike brought us the surprise performer. You know, Trainer Mike brought us also security, which security is another thing that is close to home because. There was a gentleman um, who who passed away, and he owned a thing called Shadow Group. Sorry to hear that. No, so I'm sure you guys all know Fritz. Big, yeah, big Fritz. And he, uh, you know, he was actually Jake Paul's personal security guard. Oh wow! So when Jake Paul was fighting, he would always mention him. And his wife is a, a good friend of ours, and she's doing all the security for the event. Oh, that's cool. So, you know, we're bringing her group in to do all the security um, for it. And, uh, you know, I just can't, I'll mention it again, but, you know, Neil Hirsch's widow, Laura DeLuca, um, has been amazing. I mean, she got right on board. She sponsored the staging and gave as much money as she could. And one of Neil's other good friends actually is has blood cancer right now. So she's asking how much she can get involved. And uh, it's just, it, it all kind of comes together. And then, of course, we have to mention, you know, Grant's parents. You know, I mean, Grant's parents are the the best, you know, and they kind of, here's the venue. We're going to take care of the Asado. We're going to do a lot of things to make sure that this event is top notch. So it, it really is just about good people coming together for a good cause. So. And, and it's so cool to see that 
good people that are well off that don't need to do it. Like you don't need to do this. You don't need to do this. You know. So it, it's even it means more when it's it's done like this, and then you get the right people together, and you sell out in eight days. Is what happens, right? <laughs> if not seven, man. Yeah. And it just happened too, because for a while, like we 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 we'd all joke about it. We'd have like we had one of the weekly meetings. Like, man, we're not even promoting this yet. Wait till we mm-hmm. promote it. And then we it went did. live, and it's yeah. like, uh, we sold 100 tickets in three hours. Right. Um, uh, all right. Tables, uh, <laughs> we're only having 10, and somehow there's 12 of them already sold. Yeah. <laughs> so, how, how many people um, can you hold that? I mean, look, you could do thousands, but for us, because it's our first year back, none of us have done, we haven't done it here in three years. We wanted to limit it, so it's limited to 500 people. Basically, we did uh, a 300 VIPs. We did another, I think, 50 general admission, and then we did 10 tables at like 100, and then uh, if it's all right with everybody, we're going to comp some of these girls to come to the event. Yeah. Where, where, <laughs> where did you get the name Bobbe? No, well, that, Bobbe? That, well, that's was the, as I was tell, telling yeah, people that we're getting to. This has to be a segment. So be a segment <laughs> no. How'd right. you get the name? I, it's not me. So, Brand? Natalia, I will give Natalia a hey, shout out. Oh, Josh. <laughs> Grant plays the fifth. <laughs> Look, we'll bring him, how about fit, we bring yeah. him in here for the next- uh, <laughs> we so yeah so Spencer, are you picking your next soon to be uh, stepmom? <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, right, no, so so how the babes got involved was Natalia has been a friend of mine for years. When I owned the nightclub in town, she was one of the waitresses, head waitress, and as she evolved, she said, you know what? There's a need for beautiful women who can work events. And she's grown to where she does the biggest events in South Florida. She hires models and they come in and, you know, once again, they'll either bartend or they'll waitress or they'll VIP host. And uh, that was one of those ones we sat around a table and said, hey, what about hiring babes? And there wasn't too many people that said (laughs) (laughs) that fought us on it. So, uh, yeah, so we've got... uh, a, a little bit of a sex appeal for the uh, the event, and every VIP table will have one babe who will be kind of their personal waitress. Babe, right? Babe, well, babes, B A Y B E S. But uh, a little shout out for my good friend Natalia. I, I don't know how to pronounce that the way you said it, but okay. Do you you can pull up her Instagram if babes? you want, and uh, babes, B A Y B E S is the. Uh, which one, Spencer? Is the one? Oh, good. He took it off. You shouldn't be looking at that yet either. Yeah. <laughs> Daddy's going to get killed. <laughs> if I don't see you, I know why. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's all good. I'll uh, I'll just send my uh, law bill when my wife takes me back to <laughs> court. No, I'm <laughs> I was going to say, you want me to cut this? Uh, uh, no, I'm good. Uh, I'm uh, I'm, uh, I'm divorced. That's official. Right? Yeah, that's it. No, that's no, that's Bobby. I think different. Instagram B A Y B. Yeah. So go up to uh, there. You go. But that, that's just an interesting name. Yeah, no, they're, uh, and we're watching babes. <laughs> Is that it? Yeah. Yes, that's yeah, it right there. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. as I said, as you can see, they, I mean, it's classy. It's not like, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's not like raunchy. Right? Yeah, it's not like yeah. Hooters. It's, uh. <laughs> got your Tito's over there, huh? Yeah. Well, they, they do like Tortuga Festival and. Ah, uh, okay. And everybody else. And a lot of that. high end. Yeah, they do all of Tortuga. Okay. They do yeah. a lot of golf events. I mean, they're flown all over. As I said, it's a classy, yeah. Oh wow! I so, so this is actually like a almost a company in a way, like it's you're a full fledged company. Wow. Okay. I I thought you had just people that you had known no. um, events and everything else. So th- this is actually a thing that they it's do. a it's a it's a That's I mean a it's a brilliant idea. idea. She yeah. you know she basically takes girls and like says, look, we're gonna pay you uh, you know a lot of money to come in and host and do different things for events. What an idea! All top notch, huh? classy. That's a good move. 
Right? Smart. And then go to uh, the other slide because we have two slides of the baybays or baybays, whatever they are, whatever Josh wants them to be yeah, or Spencer wants them to be, so whatever that, you want them to be, buddy. I, I, that was probably a car. I mean, definitely a car show, but I don't know if it was Barrett Jackson or one of the big events. But as I said, they do major, uh, you know, events. It's uh, that looks like Barrett Jackson, right? Yeah, it probably is. Or it might be the car show downtown. Um, Floyd, a good friend of mine, Floyd does a big car show. In, what, on Las Olas, cars on Las Olas or oh, Las yeah. Olas car show. So, what's your favorite car, Grant? Ooh, that's mm-hmm. a good question. Uh, well, when when you get absolutely gigantic, what car are you gonna get? And you can get anything you want. It's a tough one. I, I the, got the I got car. I gotta go Lamborghini. Car. Yep, I gotta go uh, Lamborghini yep. Ventador, just classic. Yeah, I always I I, always for whatever reason Lamborghini always for me. I was so mad they stopped making the Gallardo. I had a Gallardo Spider, best car oh, I ever had. They looked, the regular yeah. Gallardo, I hate. I, it was too loud. I didn't like it. But then when they came out with the Spider, I loved it. And then they stopped making it. Hurricane Huracan doesn't uh, doesn't live up to it. I like the Mirsilago too. Yeah, it's a good one too. Yeah, oh. yeah. The one car I don't like, you did something with them, I think. The McLaren? No, the Aventador. We launched. Didn't That's you do why something when you guys with the McLaren really? at one time? No, we launched no, the Aventador yeah. at Mar-a-Laga. Yeah, you're so talking about the most expensive Lamborghini you can freaking buy. You know, some, no. of, some of us might want to buy something else if we got a couple million laying around. <laughs> no, you know, right there after the tax, um, you're at 600 if you want the Turbo. 650 with the Turbo. Crazy, right? How expensive these guys, especially nowadays. You can't get. Any car, I mean, it's it's amazing. If you get all these exotic car lots or everywhere, it's like they're, they're either a wazillion dollars or they don't have them. Same with mm-hmm. watches, mm-hmm. like Rolexes, they were through the wow. moon. Yeah, it's it's crazy with watches right now. <sighs> with every, I mean, it's it's all the it, it's 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 going in that direction. And inflation, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> but, <laughs> all right, that's going to be an interesting. Uh, that's an interesting subject right now. Okay, because like <laughs> I know I know this is your thing. So mm-hmm. in a short to sum it up because we can do one on inflation another mm-hmm. time but you know to sum it up how do how do we get out of this debt as, as the inflation rises and rises and rises i mean i, I guess we don't anytime yeah. soon but i mean i the, think it's policies i mean i think right now we've got a you know our, our president has to step up in some capacity <laughs> you know i mean without getting into into politics i think you know it all falls on you know what is it? Fifty-two, fifty-one. What's his uh, <laughs> uh, right now? What's the number? Whatever well, our president. So yeah, I'll leave it at that yeah. because, as I said, if you get into politics, as we know, half the room's going to love you, half the room's yeah. going to hate you. Yeah. So I'll just stay right in right. the middle so, and say that I'm so, not a big fan. <laughs> so so I'll, I'll word the question. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so with the inflation situation, mm-hmm. how do we fix it? Ooh. Um, let me think about that for a second. I mean, I think it. Well, you made the million dollar club in in a year, out of nowhere. Yeah, but you know, once again, inflation right now is happening across uh, the board. Yeah, with, with everything. So how are we all going to going to step in and 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 deal with it? You know, and I don't. I really don't have the answer to that. Grant, I never thought I, I never thought I'd hear I this guy say I don't have an answer uh, to anything, even if it was like yeah, no, because do I don't want to look. Look, I like to be, <laughs> I like to be straightforward, and and I really don't have an answer to to inflation. I mean, I think we're in big trouble. That's scary. If this guy don't got an answer. <laughs> what? I what's your? Well, I'll ask you, Grant. What do you yeah, think? Yeah. What do you think? Grant? <laughs> what do I think? Yeah. Look, I'm a big believer in cryptocurrency, so I think that's the future in a way because inflation, you know. The way I saw it is I had I had some money, you know, in a bank account, savings, whatever. 
And I'm happy that I put it into other stuff because I just felt like my dollar was going to devalue because of the, in, the interest rates where they're at in banks and how much money was inflating, you'd be losing money just keeping money in a bank, right? Mm-hmm. So I think obviously the Fed's going to raise interest rates, but I think that the fact that they delayed raising the interest rates for a long time did make inflation worse. And the market's kind of reflecting that as well. I mean, the market was way overvalued in the first place, but I mean, it's tough to see just... Now it's just like... Well, my concern yeah, with crypto is at one point, are they going to start regulating? Because there's got to be some Biden regulation. Just yeah, Biden just released it. Yeah, so, yeah. He, so just, that, he just he announced did, himself. And what did he say? Well, I don't even it, know. Well, he, he yeah. is an advocate for it, surprisingly. Okay. All right. <laughs> see, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. <laughs> I mean, I was pretty surprised because usually well, a, a, guys that are old like Biden, just yeah, saying, but, yeah, but Grant, don't support it. If you take Bitcoin and you realize that Putin has a big part of Bitcoin... And then and Biden Ethereum. goes, and, and I'm not trying to be political because I'm not right, I'm not left. I just want what's best. When you realize that Putin has a big part of Bitcoin, he can fluctuate that, okay? And then Biden's in a $16 million house. You only make 400 k as president. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, where's the map? The son's got $6 million laying around for doing I don't know what. Paintings. Paintings, <laughs> right? The NFTs or whatever the new, or uh, WW2, or, not World War, I mean, like, Web two, web three, web seven, whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, web three, yep. I don't know. When you have Putin and Biden involved with Bitcoin and you know that they are, it scares the heck out of me. I know that. I'm scared to death of it. The 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 crypto itself, you know, the guy, the son, son something was the guy who came up with the crypto. It was never meant to be like this. It was, it was meant to be more of yeah. a... What was it meant to be originally, Josh? I think you were uh, look. I tried money. to sell. I had a Bitcoin mine for sale six years ago, and the problem was back then. And I, I haven't been following it that much recently. But the electric bill, it was like it was like four thousand dollars a month Ew. to for their electric. But they could make something like a Bitcoin a day. So looking back on it, you know they were selling it like six thousand. Yeah, and, I, and he was like, and he couldn't make it work, and it was right up here in in Port, in Port St. Lucie. And looking back on it, so I don't know. As I said, I, I you know, I dibble dabble with crypto. Like I'll say, all right, when Bitcoin goes below thirty thousand, I'll put more in. You know what I mean? Because it's always like this. And yeah. But other than that, it's uh, it, it's an interesting. I mean, people were saying it was going to go to a hundred thousand, right? And it probably still will at some point, right? But when is that? You know, and also, is it better to invest in crypto or the market? <laughs> you know, because we all know over the last. What fifty years or whatever it is, the market extremely go, goes higher. And I mean, I, I know I said this last time, but my big thing was always my father at twenty one was like, "Look, every time you do something, take ten percent and give it to your money manager." You know, I know what I know, I know what I don't know. Yeah. So if I did an event and I made a thousand, or I did, or I sold a business and I made a hundred thousand, you know, ten percent goes to the money man, Edelman, who's a Maryland firm that does very well. And then you just don't touch it. And they play the market. Let them do. You know, I do think it's a good thing to diversify into some crypto. You know, and I did. I said take 20% of whatever the portfolio is and put it in crypto. Because I don't think it's going to go that low. Because I think there will always be governments and different people that you know that will need a different form of currency. Yeah, I think it's I think it's an okay investment if you have it. You know, if you have 20 laying around and, you know, whether you have that 20 or don't have that 20, it's not going to affect the way you live. All right. Why, you know, why not take a shot? Keep an eye on it. If you see a dip, run. But what's the number? The question is with crypto. Like, how do you, like, 
I have guys like my best friend. He stays up all night trading it. See now, they're, right? Like now, they're doing that like though. Up, down, up, down. I mean, it's so volatile, right? But like, see, but see, Grant and Josh, I think if you're like that, if mm-hmm. you're like a boiler room guy with it, and you're watching it mm-hmm. close, then I don't think it's a bad idea because you could be on top of it and know when it's time to run. But if you're not one of those guys, like the guy that we know that owns the breakers, you have mm-hmm. all the TVs and will not talk to you until after Bloomberg's over, mm-hmm. no matter if you're building something for him or not, <laughs> he won't talk to you until, right? What, yeah. 4 p.m.? And then he'll sit and then he'll take yeah, phone call. Yeah, I, I would be outside with three structural engineers and um, until the bell hit, he was not coming out. It didn't matter if the, play, the Italian restaurant over there at the breakers was falling over. <laughs> forget it. Yeah, you, I mean, it was crazy. But I think Man. if you do it like that, I think it's a safe bet. But just the people that are behind it and they can control it, you know, it's it's scary. But is it like, and, and once again, I don't know enough about it, but is it like like Michael's strategy? You know, Michael Saylor. I grew up, Michael Saylor's from Maryland, and I, he took his whole company and invested in Bitcoin, right? Pretty much. <laughs> buy, yeah, he put a bunch of Bitcoin on his balance sheet is what he did. So the question um, is, can he, can they really dictate? Like as you're saying, like can a Putin, can a Michael Saylor, can they dictate which direction? To some extent they can. what I'm going to say. Yeah. Okay. From what, from what I read, and this is from Snowden and mm-hmm. Elon Musk, because you know Elon Musk put the $2 billion in mm-hmm. and then pulled it out? I love that guy, by the way. <laughs> but I, I thought myself yeah. that he pulled it out to make a, a huge profit real quick. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow, Elon Musk put in, the whole world puts in, his $2 billion went to $4 billion. Mm-hmm. But that's not why he pulled out. He pulled out because he realized that uh, Putin was behind the Bitcoin. And he, he says it himself on uh, his, he does like that thing, a little podcast with Snowden every once in a while. It's on YouTube. Oh, really? Yeah. But if you're following it and you have it, why not? You know, it's just, I, th- I think that the people that only have 30,000 to live on and they put 20 into it, you know. It's, I think it also goes back to, as I said, you know, like Grant's more the millennial, you know, Gen Z, and they can be aggressive with it. We're starting to get to the age where, like, all right, how yeah, aggressive yeah. do we want to get? Yeah, like, yeah, you can do I want to put 100% yeah. of yeah. my portfolio in yeah. crypto or yeah. a percentage in crypto and then a percentage in the apples of the world and the things that you know are going right, to yeah, split yeah, at 20? Yeah, Grant, <laughs> you still have that time in your portfolio where you can put it over on the check mark. Like, I, this one didn't go so well, but I learned from it. Exactly. Me and him, we're past that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Our portfolio has always got to be this way. I'm just saying. Spencer, do you want your college fund in Litecoin or <laughs> Ethereum? I actually don't know. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get back to it. Maybe Dogecoin. Do- Maybe Doge- yeah, Dogecoin, like a little doggy. You like doggies, right? You don't know? You like doggies? <laughs> What's your favorite kind of dog? I actually don't know. You don't know? Yeah. All right. Well, look, we're, we're at the point where what do you? what would you like to talk about? We're going to hand it all over to you. I do not know. You do not know. How about a funny story? Want to tell a funny story? <laughs> no. What's your? Fu- I got a good story for you, Uncle Papa. Can we tell the Uncle Papa story? Uh oh. All right. So what happened? My best friend, his name is Papa, and we'll just say Papa has a lot of ladies like those up on the screen. <laughs> so uh-huh. over Christmas break, we went with Uncle Papa, and you know, every night Papa might have had another girl. <laughs> Maybe. So maybe keyword maybe. So my son, being you know the the utmost of saying what he sees, went to school and he had the best time. So they're going around the room. You know he goes to Palm Beach Elementary right over here, and they're like, "So Johnny, what did you do?" Johnny went to the Bahamas. So you know, Christy, where did you go? Oh, I went skiing. Spencer, what did you do? And he was so happy to say, "I hung out with my with my daddy and my uncle Papa." And guess what? What did you say, Spence? What did you say, Spence? Say you can say it. No, I want you to say it. You, you can say, say it. it. I want you to say it. 
You want me to say it? How about he says it, then you say it? Okay. We'll say it at the same time? What does Uncle Papa, what does Uncle Papa have? Ladies. Ladies. <laughs> so he told his first grade teacher that um, he hung out with his daddy and his Uncle Papa that has all the ladies. So when I picked them up, they were excited, but she was like, you know, I just want you to know he was very excited that he hung out with his daddy and his Uncle Papa that has all the ladies. That's so And that's first grade teacher. You're the man, Spencer. You're going to have to peel them off you one day. One day? You're going to get ladies or no? I don't Papa know. is like a billion billion of them he's gonna get a lot of ladies <laughs> is he the master lady man yeah he is so good friend we'll keep him alive yeah <laughs> we'll keep him around with us <laughs> <laughs> so grant how much did the uh pandemic did did you get a lot of rust from that or were you able to practice a lot because you were here and find a way to i uh, but you couldn't do competition competition right right yeah no uh well i think we got pretty lucky i mean honestly because polo's outside yeah and so and you were in Florida. I was in Florida. That helps yeah. too, of course. But we also, at the beginning of it, very beginning, we're talking April, May of 2020, we had uh, letters because we needed to move the horses. So we were, you know, in a way, I think it ended up being essential. Mm-hmm. And so we had these letters. We didn't even need to show them. But, you know, we were still playing some practices. You know, everyone leave from their own barn and, like, no sharing jerseys, no sitting in a tent, you know, like, keeping the distance, but still playing. And, you know, we were playing some golf on the polo fields, you know, group of friends. And, you know, luckily we were able to do things like that. And obviously being in Florida, that helped. Oh, okay. So so you didn't really feel the no. rush that much given where you were. No. And then we were able to go to Aspen and we we, play, we, we were able to play tournaments again um, behind closed doors. So no spectators. We did the same in the fall of 2020. So we kind of kept playing. We just kind of did it without spectators until... Gosh, uh, February 2021, I'd say. So what a good year with that. Yeah, no spectators. We had to do passes and everything and, you know, friends and family, staff. That's it. podcast is brought to you by ExpressVPN. Go to www.expressvpn.com, use code MSCS, and get 20% off your order. VPN is a power tool for your devices that enhances the Internet. With it, you can do three really cool things. One. Watch movies and TV from any of your devices, fast and securely. Two, you can use parts of the internet that are blocked in certain countries. Three, you can keep your internet traffic private, even when you're on an unsecured public network. That's www.expressvpn.com. Use the code MSCS at checkout and get 20% off your order. First time when you did have spectators again, did did you see Russ? Did you notice Russ? Was it a little uncomfortable? The other guys maybe? I mean, it just kind of felt like things were getting back to normal, to be honest with you. Because um, yeah. last year, last April, we were able to do uh, Miami Beach Polo again, which is also at the end of the season. And, you know, that was full sold-out event. And, you know, kind of felt it, it just kind of felt like things were back to how they were post-COVID. Yeah, you're lucky you were down here. Right, because how if you would have been somewhere else? Yeah, you know, no, you Cal- might have... yeah, some buddies in California didn't have a. Oh, that they had a tougher awful. time. They'd, a, I think they were riding with masks or something. I don't know. That would be crazy, right? Wouldn't that be well, pretty I, hard? I'm trying to think. We might have had done that in Aspen last year. Could you COVID. breathe? Um, I mean, you're not dead. I mean, you're here. No, so. I'm here. I'm here. I'm chilling. But yeah, yeah. I mean, we, for whatever reason, I guess we had to have the mask somewhat on yeah so there are people that had it you know like they're <laughs> covering the nose whatever right. not covering the, the nose. horses have to have masks on 
No. <laughs> no you way. never. If you went to New York, they might have. Oh, right. I, I couldn't imagine. I couldn't imagine. Now, um, when you're going through uh, like all these processes with this, how do you manage your time? Because it's tough. You got a That's lot. A great going question. On. That's a great question. Um, you know, I, I mean. Obviously, school is my number one priority at the moment, so that's where my most of my time goes. And then, you know, obviously, since I've been injured for the last month, I've had more time to put towards the event we're doing with Josh and Nick and everyone, uh, the white party. But normally, it'd be, you know, school and, and, and then the polo and then, you know, family and hanging out with the girlfriend and friends. That's it. Yeah, it's probably really good that you have a girlfriend because that keeps you grounded. It does, yeah, you can't exactly. go out with your buddies and party. Exactly, or yeah. You know what I mean? Well... So. Yeah, no, look, we got we got a good trust, but yeah, obviously having a girlfriend helps. You know, and, I'm not yeah. I mean you're not no, out with like yeah, twenty of course. guys. Yeah, yeah, I'm not I'm not yeah, I'm not at the players club every Sunday. <laughs> you mean you're not with him? Is that <laughs> what you mean? Players club. No, I, I get that. look, we I've been I've been I'm seeing a lot sure. of jobs. Look. But yeah, obviously having a girlfriend helps and it keeps me, you know grounded, I guess. Yeah, it keeps me grounded and, and you know, it's it's been good. It's been good. We we're good for each other, you know what I mean? So I when I'm slacking in school, I'm like, you know, she's like, gives me a kick in the she's butt. She's a good girl. I, met, I actually yeah. met her. We had we launched his campaign last uh, Thursday at Meat Market. Oh, and okay, cool. Great girl. He brought her, and we had a nice little group, and it was nice. We had probably yeah. 40 or 50 people that showed up to kind of launch the LLS All-Star campaign. Yeah, it was a nice time. It was a good time. We were able to market a little bit for the event, too, which was two birds and one stone in my yeah, eyes. right? Handing out flyers, talking to people, and you know, I saw Josh in his element for the first time in a while, and <laughs> yeah, he, he kills it. Place. No, yeah, oh, man, he's man. good. Josh, he's, he's, yeah, and, and a great host. No, he's the best host. And what are you, the marketing manager over there, or uh, what, what the know, hell? What the heck is actually your <laughs> so role? So basically, <laughs> I've been trying to figure out his role there for the last year. <laughs> All right, so I, I have no. I don't role. know if he owns it. I don't know if he owns it with an umbrella company. I don't know if he's got like a <laughs> so a merger or an acquisition. Who so here's knows? <laughs> so so basically here's the deal when I. Had my marketing you company. Just give me the answer. Do you own it, Josh? Real quickly, <laughs> I am owning part of the restaurant group that's opening Boca. Is your answer? This was the last venue that we got involved with with my marketing company. So when they opened, they brought us in to kind of oversee the marketing and everything else. And as I said, I got married. I had my child. The Rachel Steakhouses of the world weren't going to be part of my portfolio anymore. So I got to I got to exchange Rachel's with Meat Market, which my ex-wife agreed to, and uh, that was knock on wood five years ago. So it's a rest. It's a restaurant group that owns it. Great guys. I'm involved with them, and as I said, it's evolved. We're Palm Beach, but I'm going to take more of a role as we move to Boca, and they're actually in Tampa right now, killing it. Literally, like Tampa is uh, the hottest spot. It's like a three-week wait to get in to get dinner. What? You're kidding. Market. So yeah. more than Palm Beach? Um, different, but yes. I mean, Palm wow. Beach is on fire. Like we had two weeks ago, we had our best night, and we've been open for over five years, our best night we've ever had in five years. Like we're up 30% really? in sales. It's, uh, well, I mean, it's, I believe it. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> well, you know what? It's solid. I mean, we've got a great chef. It's a great restaurant yeah. group that owns it. It's a great, great group of people. Oh, As I said, it's amazing. all about the people that you put in place. And I'm not saying this because you're here. You, you do, you are a great host. You attend to everybody. You know, sometimes I got to chase you down, but, <laughs> but, but it's because you've already said, hello, how you doing? And you got 30 other people coming in, but you, I mean, he does. You're no, a great host. Man. Incredible. And the other the other guy was always really nice to me. I always forget his name. Italian guy. We we talk Italian. I tried to talk Italian to him. I got part of it down, but then he went slang. <laughs> What's the guy's name? Which one? From Do I work the, with the, him? Yeah, yeah. At the Tom meat market, the guy I talk to when I go in there. 
Is he a the older guy? Older guy. Older guy. I'm not sure. I'll I'll, I'll look up his name later. Yeah, you no, know who he is. But yeah, yeah no, you, sure. and and you got high end guys going in there. Every time I went in there, there was NBA players in there. Uh, yeah, it's a good. We got a good look. It's a good product. You look around and you're like, hmm, wonder who that is because I know it was somebody if he's over here with this guy, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've had some good. A couple of weeks ago, we had like Dustin Johnson when they had just won. You know, him and his wife Paulina Gretzky came every week. Gretzky. See, our thing is this Thursday nights Gretzky. is oh. uh, is that night we have the DJ and the cool groups and as I said, it's all a team. You know, I keep saying it's, it's a great, team, but it's it's so true. Even with what we have up there, you know, like we would not be successful. Obviously, you know, Nick is spearheading it, you know, as you know, the top US polo player, but Grant and I and everybody and Natasha, we all put it all together. Um, and everybody has a role, you know, and as long as the end game is to have a successful event and most importantly raise money for charity, you can't lose. Now, when you did, now, Grant, when you win that, when you're up there on stage, that has to feel like a million bucks, right? Yeah. you got all your peers looking, especially at, like, the Polo Club. I mean, right. you know, that's, the, you know, you got heavy, heavy hitters that are going there. You don't even know that they're heavy hitters and they're there, you know? No, yeah, obviously it'll it'll have a little more meaning being it, it's for Neil and what Neil meant to me, what he meant to Nick, what he meant to, I mean, everyone participating had a, you know, had a connection with Neil. Um, and everyone obviously organizing the event and, you know, obviously thanks to, to Laura Hirsch, um, uh, we're able to keep Neil's legacy alive and got this beautiful, like Josh said, Sterling Silver trophy from like 19 something. So <laughs> it's going to, it's going to be amazing. And hey, how mature is this kid? I asked him, he, he's, he, he's not, he's not worried about, Dude, he might be president. That's why I'm scared of, uh, you know what he went to write to Neil to help him out. Did you catch that? <laughs> I did. The only Brett, I, I respect it a lot, man. The, the only downfall is the cowboy shirt, but we. I know. Uh, <laughs> I can't help it, unfortunately. We we have a Mets and Eagles guy. How does he oh, like yeah, the Mets? The Ma- so, oh, we're gonna get into this, huh? <laughs> <laughs> the Jets or the Mets? No, no. Philadelphia through and through. Philadelphia Sixers, right? Flyers, mm-hmm. Eagles. Mm-hmm. But growing up, I saw Mister Met Head on TV. Did me, Mister Met. And I love the Mets, so I'm still a Mets fan. And I'll go to Eagles games. When I used to go to Eagles games, I'd wear my Mets hat with a McNabb jersey, and people look at me and they go, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? (laughs) (laughs) I'm allowed to be a Mets fan, so let's go Mets. I I like the jersey selection, though. I did like McNabb growing up. He was he was very good quarterback. So. I liked him until he didn't throw the ball to Terrell Owens uh, oh, at the Super Bowl. Listen, and I was at like, David I Buster's could, and got crushed. I, I, I could sit here and tell everybody McNabb stories that you guys would not believe, so we'll move on. <laughs> you know, with the Syracuse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Donovan was one of our really, like, in our little group of friends, like, from top to bottom. Like, we've had some amazing times with Donovan. He was at Meat Market not too long ago. And uh, Keith Book, because Syracuse was a small school, but I'm trying to think of a... Uh, PG thirteen Donovan McNabb story because <laughs> most of them were uh, not PG thirteen. Not PG. I heard he was a really nice guy. My friend, a couple of my friends, like knew him personally in uh, Philly. Great. They said he was a really nice guy. He wasn't the guy that leaves the check on the table. No, you know, no, I mean, I can name a couple: Robert De Niro. Uh, yeah, mm. yeah. At, <laughs> really? his own, at his own restaurant. Yeah. Wow. While you think, I, I want to ask Ransom. So, how important is the connection between the polo player and the horse? Oh, it's it's everything. I mean, I I believe that there's certain horses that that connect with players individually on a on a you know one on one level, and there's obviously certain horses that you know you feel as a player more comfortable getting on. Like you feel like confident. It gives you like, oh, I'm getting on this one, man. Try and catch me or try and beat me on this play. And the horse itself, 
could be amazing to me and I can give it to Nick and Nick's like, what the hell is this thing, man? I can't play this. So I think it's interesting how certain horses, certain people are amazing and, and maybe it's not amazing to everyone else, but the connection and, and the and the the connection that someone has with their horse is special. And obviously there's certain horses that illuminate that even more in the field. I, I ask you that because I think a, a lot of times, not everybody, but some people might think that horses don't have feelings or animals don't have feelings. They have feelings. Of course. Right? So if I would think, and this I'm just speculating, if that's your horse that you're going to play with, you know, compete with, you both need to love each other because he or she, the horse, will work harder for you. 100%. And, and vice versa. Now, with you, being that you've accomplished so much already, how did you go about building the connection with uh, your horse or, you know, when, whenever, whatever horse you use? It's a great question. I mean, I think it's just a matter of, for me, uh, I've had horses come in from Argentina for my parents. Um, also probably explain how many horses you have. Oh, so it isn't yeah, like yeah, yeah. one horse. Yeah, they no, probably no, don't I, understand. I, that, no, like... no, I, I saw Malta, <laughs> but I, I just saw how that picture with the yeah. horse, and you could tell that just isn't a picture for, you know, for show. You could tell that there's a real connection mm -hmm. there. And then that made me think, right. you know, sports wise, yeah. like that horse better like you. Because if not, <laughs> I don't think you're going to do yeah, too well. No, well like how many, I don't even know. How many horses in your state? Like how many do you have to have? For me personally. For you personally. I got up probably, I got up like 16 right now. You got 16 horses? 16 horses, wow. yeah. Whoa. I told you, you need a lot of horses because lot. they play yeah. Tucker. Yeah, like. So I'll play, yeah, in a, in a, in a, in a high goal, 26 goal World Pole League match, I'll play 12. That's up to 12, minimum probably eight. Wow. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, and you have a bond with all twelve. Yeah, unbelievable. And you know what horse is good at what time, and like right, yeah, and yeah, they start when you need them. Yeah. So Josh is right. So basically, if you play them in the beginning, they're really good, and if you see them again at the end, they're really, really good because they've played, you know, the beginning and the end. And usually, in the middle is when you put the horses that are not as good, or the ones that aren't you don't feel as confident on. And then do do you figure that out through trial and error. What horses yeah. get in the beginning? Yeah. What horses middle, sure. and and what horses a closer kind of? Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I have my mare. I know that I play in the beginning and the end if if it's a big game, and I know that getting on her at the end, I know that you know I feel all the confidence in the world. But there's other horses that I know that hey, I can't maybe get on this one in the middle of the period because he's you know I got to get off and get back on. I can't jump on him because I usually jump change, so I'll jump from from horse to horse but he kicks, so I have to get off and hop on it. And <laughs> so, he takes a little longer, so I do that at the beginning of the period. So, like, in a in another sense, that particular horse, once you're on him and you're done with him or she, he's done because he doesn't like getting jumped on on, on and then jumped off. Well, I can jump um, off of him, but not onto him. Onto him because yeah. he, he's yeah. not, that's not his That's not his style. Yeah, he'll, yeah. He'll, he'll, he won't let me that's do so it. That's so cool. That's weird. so interesting to me. It's weird, but once you get on him, he's he's good. He's pretty chill, actually. Sorry, this is interesting. No, it's, yeah. all, it's amazing. Yeah. yeah, so it's interesting. Have you been to a polo match? One. I've only been to one with Glenn, and he drove me nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Glenn Straub. <laughs> I've actually played against Glenn a bunch. Yeah, yeah, he's not bad. He's not bad. No. He just needs to stop falling asleep in that belt. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm cool. He's cool. He's always been very kind to me, you know. Um, so how did you build your relationship with the 12 horses? Forget about one. Uh, well, <laughs> I, one I mean, two. this year's been interesting for me as well because my parents got me some horses from Argentina. Congratulations. So, yeah, thank you. So they've been amazing. Well, you work hard, you know. Yeah, so far they've been amazing. And, uh, you know, a couple of them were going really, really well before the injury. And 
you know, I think it's just practice, riding, stick and ball, personal time, and, and, and it kind of builds a bond and kind of seeing, you know, what their strengths are and, and talking about, you know, because they're coming in new. Maybe the, my groom and I, um, who's been amazing ever since I've had him, talk about maybe putting them in a different bridle or, you know, trying some things out because if you're getting a new horse from Argentina, you don't know what bridle they go in. I mean, they can tell you one thing, but maybe for you it doesn't work as well and, you know, it kind of takes a little bit of trial and error in that sense. How is their personalities? So It's interesting. Some of the horses um, don't like standing still. Like some people don't like standing still, right? So if you're waiting a lot, you're doing the whole presentation and anthems like that, some horses aren't good for that. So you got like, it, like, a, it, like, like annoys ADHD. Them. Like, yeah, like, it, like <laughs> they get annoyed. They'll like kick the ground and like, you know what I mean? Or they'll still spin in circles. They'll sure. like walk in circles. They can't stay still. And so you know, maybe, hey, maybe this one's not good for the national anthem, right? But it doesn't mean that when you're playing, they're just can't stand still. Maybe in the game, they're super chill. Or they could be just very ill, t- uh, chill, like the chill in their temperament. And then on the field, they're, you know, all fiery and lightning fast and all that stuff. So it just depends. I mean, they're, they're basically the answer is they're, they're like us. They have all these different personalities and they could be chill one moment and, you know, fly buzzes around them and they get angry. Mm-hmm. Or it's first practice of the season, it's windy and cold and they're pissed and they start bucking. Yeah. It happens. So it just depends. I, I asked you just because of the jockeys I knew. And he he was really good. He was really good in mm-hmm. New York. You probably know him, but I I, you know, I, don't, know, I don't know his current situation. <laughs> but he was really good, and it was so funny. His the the horse that he and he was a beast, man. He won he won one. I mean, he never made it to like the huge things, but for locally and around you know the East Coast, he was very good. He his his horse he went, the the horse had to have sugar cookies. He had to give it a sugar cookie. Give or, it treats, or, yeah. Or he, it wouldn't I come mean, out. I mean, what of, were their sugar cookies laced with? It's a question. That, I, <laughs> I, no, I, I don't. No, yeah, I mean, it's a, good, it's a great question. No, but some I, horses respond well to treats. Um, mm-hmm. Interesting enough, the Argentine horses, though, they don't really get the idea of treats because they don't. They never probably were experienced. They don't those, experience right? it, right. Because they so, eat real fresh over there. Yeah, they just, eat, they just eat feed and, and, and stuff like that. But, I mean, a lot of horses, even the jumpers, like they'll get, you know, treats or special treats that they like because they're, you know, more in America, more of the American horses know what treats are because if they're given treats from, you know, a younger age, they know what they are and they sometimes even expect them. You know, you give an Argentine horse a carrot, they're like, what the hell is that? <laughs> they don't even know what it is. Give them an apple, they're like, they, they won't even know what to do with it. They're, yeah, they're like, do I do I hit this or just yeah? Do I, what would I do with this? Yeah. I don't I don't know what this is. No, but with with my buddy, no, he yeah. he was just he. I think he was out one night real late, and it was when he first got this particular horse, mm-hmm. and he he just sat there and he was talking to it about it, his ex wife or whatever he uh-huh. was doing because I had taken him home, and he started feeding it sugar you know sugar cookies in Pennsylvania. You know, they used to be soft, like real soft ones. Mm-hmm. So whenever I would go see him, he would ask me to grab those sugar cookies from there. I say, for what, the horse again? And it, and ever since that day, he wouldn't want to come out of the, the stall. But you give him one sugar cookie, boom, he's ready to go. It's interesting. But it was because he kept giving it to him. You right. Know? So yeah. now he, exactly. he he played the game. Well, I'm not coming out unless I get... Get a sugar cookie. <laughs> that's what I expect. I was and, a diabetic, that horse. And it was, it was so... It was just so... That's why I asked you about that, because of yeah. the personalities. No, and being that you got 12, you got 12 personalities. Yeah, all different. Do they all eat different, too? No, they eat the same. Yeah, yeah, they all they all eat the same. I mean, it's easier that way off, uh, off the bat. Number one and number two. I mean, they're all training for the same purpose. So even if they're all different, different temperaments, the feeding has to be the same. And that's what I had said to him. I said, "Why don't you just stop giving it to him? Let him sit there. You got to teach him a lesson." He goes, "You don't understand. It's not like that." 
you know, you want the horse happy. If I got to give him a cookie, I'm going to give him a cookie. All right, all right, you know. Yeah. It's just, it was just amazing to me. This whole thing is amazing because this is all new, you know. Did you know a lot about polo when you were living up there? No, I mean, down here I covered a few events at the polo club. Um, you know, it's cool seeing it. Uh, you guys got to come out on Friday. Yeah, it was cool. You'll you see it You got sold out. I think we might be able to pull a couple. Of <laughs> you think you can pull out? <laughs> we might Spen- be able to pull, Spencer, pull a couple. Spencer, can, can, you, can you make a move for me? <laughs> yeah. You coming to polo, dude? You don't know? You got your white outfit? You gonna wear all white? Yeah. Might have to peel the ladies off you. But. <laughs> I got one, one quick question for you. Uh, so, like, in polo, it's like a competitive match, right? You're, you're, you're out there, like any any other sport. Any fights ever happen? Like, afterwards? Like, you know, do you, it, it's like competition. So, it's, you know, hormones yeah. racing. Any fights? Uh, I mean, I've I've never seen one like like physical yeah uh but man the smack talk is it's a lot in spanish believe it or not yeah a lot of and it's, oh my wow. goodness i mean they say everything in the book you wouldn't think that you yeah, wouldn't think that yeah. from an outsider looking in you wouldn't think that no because it's away from i mean you can sometimes if you're if you know what they're saying you can get it but i mean a lot of it happens when no one else can really hear it like, is there, Put it that way. Is there like a dirty hit, like you know, in hockey or something? Like any? Yeah, you can. Con- so I mean, yeah, there's some. Da- I mean, there. Yeah, I mean, you can basically get people off speed, and also you're supposed to bump people shoulder to shoulder when you make contact to you know win possession. Um, well, also remember how polo is. There's four players, so four against four, and mm. depending what the match is, it adds up. So for example, as Grant said, Grant's an, a three goaler, Nick's an eight goaler, so that's eleven. So if they're playing 26, they can come up with 15 more goals. So maybe it's a 10 and a 5, you know, or a set. So there's a lot of strategy that goes into it. Like, I've really gotten into it and watched it over the years, you know, and you can see with the matches, you know, it's almost like a lot of times the Patron would be, you know, a 0 or a 1, and then they'll play with a bunch of other. That's why it's so impressive with Grant. He's very humble, but he's a 3. You know, yeah. that tends to be on the higher side of – Right, which sometimes you've got to get creative because if you're a three, yeah, it's yeah, it, it definitely makes it different to build the team. To get uh, up, yeah, for sure. But no, the, I mean, there's definitely dirty hits. You can you can hit someone behind the saddle, what it's called, and and mm-hmm. and what happens is if you if you kind of you can clip someone someone's else's horse and then you can go down. That's the dangerous play. It's the most dangerous play in polo, in my opinion. So obviously, there's some dangerous aspects of the game. It's it's a it's a dangerous game. Um, but, Proceed. I mean, we can name a lot of our friends who have aren't around, right? Like, yeah, uh, Carlos. Carlos Gracida got one of the nicest guys I ever met. Ten goaler from Mexico was one of the founders of the sport, and that was just what outplaying. Yeah, fourteen goal in Wellington. He uh, his horse, I think, fell over. Right. Yeah, horse yeah. Fell and fell on top of me. His uh, head hit the ground, and oh, so it's wow. a dangerous. Away. Yeah, so, yeah. It's. Uh, it's Sonny Hale, like there's a lot of yeah. different people yeah. that were the founders of these sports. She was one of the women that helped spearhead it also. So it is a very dangerous. Now, when that happened, was that a dirty hit or it was just a fluke accident? Battle luck, fluke accident. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, dirty, dirty hits, usually you don't see people pass away, but you know, you see, you see some serious injuries for sure. Yeah. And, it, and also think. fluke accidents can happen too in, in injuries. Um, like, for example, how I got hurt. I mean, obviously, it's not the comparison to someone passing away but i got hurt in a play that wasn't anyone's fault it was just bad luck 
Yeah, it just uh, moved just the happened. wrong way. I, I moved the wrong way. The horse, you know, stopped, and I kind of went, and my leg went one way. I kind of held on the other way, and that was it. Uh, it's as simple as that. And then I've seen people, uh, we were playing once at my, just up like a fun practice, and someone fell off super slow, and he's like, ah, my leg hurts. I'm like, nah, you're fine. Get back up. No, no, my leg really hurts. I think it might be broken. Oh. And he, I mean, he was going like at a trot, you know what I mean? Like slow. And so it's interesting in polo, some of the falls that look like even slow motion or, in, or slower tend to be like the ones where people get really injured. And it sounds weird saying that. You'd think like going really fast and hard and falling hard. Sometimes when they fall, people usually roll and get back up and they're usually all right. But it's crazy. Some of the injuries but sometimes happen, not. blow your mind. Yeah, yeah sometimes it's not. Yeah, because you look at it and you kind of think you have safety, but then, I mean, you got a lot of things swinging around. Well, it's, got, it's <laughs> gotten know? a lot more safe than it yeah. used to be, and the helmets have improved a lot. The helmets used to be, I mean, they used to be, they wouldn't protect you from falling from this chair. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, the helmets have been, you know, impact-proof now, and there's a lot less uh, injuries and stuff like that. It's safer than it used to be, but it's still a dangerous game. There used to be a lot more concussions because the helmets weren't that great. And then the umpires used to not even wear helmets. So, what are they, nuts? Yeah, they were wearing little baseball caps, baseball they, hats. They went, yeah. Baseball caps when there's horses yeah. running around yeah, yeah, yeah. and, and uh, sticks Well, yeah, the umpires are actually on a horse. So yeah. Still, be in the, I'm wearing it. I'm wearing like 20 hat. years ago in Argentina <laughs> and the highest level in the world, they were wearing baseball hats. <laughs> yeah. well, with the highest level in the world, that if they get yeah. clocked, yeah. they're not getting up, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're wearing baseball You know, they're wearing hats. So... Uh, you know, it's definitely changed a lot. It's 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 become a lot more safe, and and you know, I think I think I think today they take every measure possible to have to have the highest level of safety, and you know, it's still a dangerous game, but I mean, it's definitely a lot more safe than it used to be. Right, and, and probably they also don't want it to turn into the whole NFL thing where yeah, you know, now well, everybody's getting a concussion, and now you can't well, do this and that. And, well, you know. I mean, the hits were pretty bad. Yeah, there were some gnarly ones. But I mean, I mean, Polo's kind of attacking that now. Yeah, you know, they're like, getting. Yeah, they're, they're, they're on top of it. Well, now. yeah, there yeah. were there were a, a good amount of concussions, of course, sure. and there were some moments where people were getting more of them. Yeah, because uh, they were saying there was a, there were certain helmets they were saying were safer, quote unquote, and they weren't. One and people were getting concussed yeah. a lot in England, and <laughs> they said, you know what, we're going to make a standard that you have to have your helmet. You know, it's called Noxie approved, and so you have to have your helmet Noxie approved, or you can't compete. You can't play. That, Simple as that. That's cool because that tells me that polo in itself is, is they're trying to get ahead of the game. Like yeah. referring to like the NFL. Yeah. They're, they're yeah. trying to be ahead of sure. it so they don't, they don't have to go through all that. And that's great, yeah. especially for you because, I mean, the way it looks, you might have to might have to worry about that uh, <laughs> NBA too much. I mean, it's good to have, but. No, you know. for sure. I, I'm definitely. Yeah, gonna, you always, I'm just yeah. joking. Man. I'm messing Yeah, up. no, I know. It's, I, I, like, I, like, I like having my options open. Yeah, you know? absolutely. So. Because, you know. You could have a, a fluke accident that isn't a groin, and then what? Exactly. But if you what? got that NBA to go back on, and you got him, <laughs> we'll find something, right? <laughs> and we'll you're humble, fun. and you're humble, and and you got your head on straight, you know. So trying, man. Yeah. Now, what do you think uh, of Russia and Ukraine? Not not politically, <laughs> now nah, just in general. Um, when that when he flattens them, which one way or another, I don't see any other way of it stopping. Yeah, how bad does this hurt us in general? Uh, you know, I I think we're I, you know I, I think we're putting some good sanctions on it. It's going to be interesting to see what happens because I I think he's going to keep moving forward, but I also think there's a lot of pressure on him right now. 
you know, and and even though he's like rah rah, I mean, what? It's been a week. A week. It's been today's what day fifteen. It's already it's two been, weeks. Yeah, it's, it's gotta been be two, two weeks. weeks. Yeah, and I mean, I so. he definitely thought he by now he would be, yeah. you know, he would have flattened them and everything else. And I, uh, I look, I'm a big fan of the. Uh, of the the leader of Ukraine, I think he's uh, he's got some kahunas, uh, right? I yeah. mean, yeah. I mean, the question is, is how long is he going to survive? And if they get him, does he become a martyr? You know, and does wow. you know, and and that what happened yesterday with Poland, and that, that's close because that's World War Three. Yeah, if they end up a hitting, NATO yeah. ally and hitting somebody in NATO. Because that, then it's World War Three. So that's the that's the thing yeah. that scares yeah, me. Yeah, because more. that was right between what the uh, Poland, which is NATO, and then the U.S. Uh, some base that they had it was kind of like right in miles, between. Fifteen miles. You know that yeah. was that. You know that was a warning to see what we would yeah. do. You know, come on. Yeah, it, it has to mm-hmm. be. But you know, they keep saying he's slow playing it, and why hasn't he done this? You got to think from a business standpoint, mm-hmm. right? And you too, mm-hmm. of course. If you're going to take a country, do you really want to flatten it? And you got to spend all that money to rebuild it. I mean, he's not an idiot. He's not no, a dumb no, guy. No, he's a smart guy. So he's, a, I mean, and yeah. and not that what I think he's doing is no the right course, thing. But I think when he's smart. hitting those civilian buildings, not now, but earlier on, there was only like eight or nine people in there. That's eight or nine people. I understand. But how if he was doing that to say, hey, civilians, go because I'm coming and you can't stop me. Go, go. You know. Because ultimately he's gonna take it over, and ultimately he's gonna have to rebuild everything he blows up, and then that's not even his problem, in my opinion, Josh. Mm-hmm. His problem is gonna be once he takes it over, which he could do like that if he wanted to, in my opinion, getting the people to even look at him as anything other than a murderer. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's gonna be his biggest problem. Sure, he can flatten it and take it over, but then what? Exactly. You, know, you got how many countries that don't like you now? Yeah. You know, and they're squeezing him right now. I mean, they're really like it's, it's a they? tough. I think they are to an extent. I mean, they went after all of his oligarchs. They went after everybody with money. You know, anybody that was funding anything, even though they say he could be the richest guy in the world. You know, like well, this is why I think he's in danger mm-hmm. because when those rich guys around him start losing money, maybe Putin doesn't care. Mm-hmm. But those guys, those heavy hitters that are losing money, the you know the hedge fund guys and everything else. Like they keep saying, he better get quadruple bodyguards because when when their market keeps going down, 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 and Mastercard doesn't work, and you know they're not closing deals anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's gonna there's somebody somewhere that isn't getting the money that they usually get. Dude, they're taking all their planes, all their they're taking all their <laughs> toys, um, and they're yeah, gonna start. Yeah, they, they're taking yachts, boats, boats, yeah, boats, planes. So everything. maybe yeah. Putin don't care, but those guys care, yeah, and those guys sure. got a lot of power. You know, and that's what I. That's why we're. I mean, at the end of the day, that's why NATO's squeezing them. You know, we're saying, okay, look, if we can't, Putin doesn't care. Everyone knows Putin doesn't care. He's, you know, he's a. But maybe the people around him will. And that's what I think's happening. Now, Grant, you're new to all this, but what do you? If Taiwan takes China, or if China takes Taiwan, right? Do you do how? Do you see that happening next? I do, I do. And the interesting thing is, my friends. Uh, they go to University of Miami, and apparently they have kids that are from China in their class. And they ask sometimes, yeah, was China going to take Taiwan? And they go, yeah, probably soon. <laughs> so, like, casually, like, they know it's going to happen. Right. Um, I mean, China has the biggest navy in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but what my friends do say, and I, I agree with this, is China will be a little more humane with the way they take it over. It'll be a little less... I agree with you. It won't be like Putin in Ukraine. 
I agree with It'll you. be much more seamless. And also Taiwan's a, in a small island. Ukraine's a population of 40 million with a lot of natural resources. Yeah. It's it's a it's a it's a big country. It's yeah, not you, just like Ukraine is I, I think like California has 48 million people, Ukraine has about 41, 40. 40. So it's yeah. not even as big as California. But, but still. I, but I agree with you. I I think uh China will just go in and it will be a quick in and out. Well, I think yeah. China's watching how the world is reacting to Putin. You know, they're they're yeah. sitting back right now from 30,000 feet and they're just watching. Now, am I right about this, Josh? Mm -hmm. Uh China is very very concerned about their reputation, right? Mm -hmm. And I think I business. Mean, I think I, I think they're definitely concerned about how they're viewed. I think they're also very concerned about business. You know, I mean, look, we we put a lot of uh, sanctions and different things on them. You know, I mean, our last president was saying it was the Chinese virus, you know, so there was yeah. a lot of negativity about the Chinese people, I think, for several years. So I definitely think that they're very cognitive of what's going on and how they're viewed and everything else so it'll be interesting see, see i'm with you i i think they are but if putin doesn't end this quick mm -hmm. he might wait because the thing that china has that we don't have is patience they'll wait another hundred years for the right time i mean they're not, they're they're just on that level do you see them waiting or do you think they're going in i think you know i, I don't know how i think did, a lot's how, gonna how, come down to our I, once again I've never is heard biden gonna make, i don't know is is biden gonna t is, is biden winning again no, I don't. So, think so if Biden's not winning, and we all know we're local, Trump is probably going to run. And if Trump gets in, I think he's you know Putin isn't. I don't think Putin would have gone into Ukraine if Trump was in because he's a wild card. And I don't think Putin would have known how Trump would have reacted. You know, same thing with China. I think they don't know. I think with Biden, they can do whatever they want. Right. They can. He can go yeah. into here. You know, if China goes, we're not going to do anything. <laughs> we're going to talk like we're talking now and nothing's going to happen. Well, and I don't think and I, I think you would agree with me. I, I don't think you do anything now. It's too late. You, you should have negotiated before it even happened. You, you can't go in now. What are you going to do? Close the airspace? Then you're going to have World War Three. Yes. You know what I mean? If China does decide to go in, what are you going to do? Mess with them? Taiwan isn't NATO. You just got to let it happen. It's too right. late. Now is the time to go talk to China and, and try to negotiate a deal Bef as if they didn't know this was happening. I mean, they China asked Russia to hold off on all this until after the Olympics. If we know that, they knew that nine months ago. Exactly. So this moron had nine months to go have a – well, I mean, look at the people that are getting taken out because this guy – or I don't even know who you would send in that cabinet. I mean, what's your choices? <laughs> Pelosi, <laughs> she would have done better than than the other two, but it should have been negotiated. Don't you think? I I, I agree. As I agree. a young, very intelligent man, you it got, should have yeah. been negotiated before it even ever started. Okay, you want the West? Look, pal, he's coming. Why don't you take what he's willing to give you? Just take it. Just take it. There you go, Putin. You have it, and this all ends. And he might have made that deal, but now what are you going to do? There's nothing you can do now. Well. Go ahead. <laughs> I was gonna say the peace talks they were having yeah. on the border. Come on, like that was gonna happen? Yeah. No way. It's too late for all that. No. Once he's once once Putin invaded, there's no peace talks. I no. Mean, I don't the know real issue were... is gonna be once he gets Ukraine, is he gonna keep going? And that's the million dollar. That's the question. I think that, so. Yeah. And if he does, so. then it's World War Three because well, I think we've kind of said okay, Ukraine's one thing. We're not going to put troops on the ground. We're yeah. not. But if they go to Latvia, if they go to some of, if they, they're not going to Poland or a NATO. No, because they're, not, then, they're not. So they're well, going to La start. Latvia is, is Latvia NATO? No, it's not NATO. No. Uh, That's I, why those are the ones. What about, that, what, like, I know Estonia is NATO. Yeah, I, I think he's going to go Ukraine, uh, Moldova. Am I saying that right? Moldova. Moldova. 
Because that's nothing. That's not. That's not NATO, huh? No. Okay. No, so I think go hit Ukraine. How to say it again? Moldova. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. And uh, and then I think uh, China steps in. And if you're talking to people that are from China that have family in China, they they know what's going to happen. I I think he's probably. You think they'll make... step in before they invade Taiwan, though? Uh, you mean you mean do I think China will make a move yeah. before they go yeah. to um, Malvado yeah. or before uh, Ukraine is done? Um. I, I think he probably said to Putin, look, you need to end this quick, like soon. Otherwise, you know, either he's not going to back him because he's just making China look too bad to the country. I mean, they care about what they look like. Right, right, right. You know? They care about the image, yeah. So the word in China right now might be that they're making that move. But as the days go on and everybody knows that China's behind Russia, that's making China look bad. Right. And China doesn't want to look bad. Of course. You know, they... You know, they're egotistic, you know, and well, plus they got some they, geniuses over there, too. <laughs> they can't look bad. Yeah. They got to They got to give all the, you know, they got to keep trading with the with the U.S. Yeah, and Europe problem, and U.K. The problem with both of those governments are they dictate the media. You yeah, know, it's I was not just like gonna say it's censored. Yeah. Russia's completely censored. <laughs> yeah, they turned yep. everything off. Over yep. there. China, when when they took over Hong Kong, they took over the last That's free right. press uh, media outlet in, in China. China's 100 percent media censored. They even limit how much screen time people can have or video yeah, games or yeah. something. They, yeah, they cut it off. They cut yeah. it. If you have a child in the house under the age of 14, because I, I deal with them with my marketing mm-hmm. firm, uh, they they cut it off at 6 p.m. Because my one of the guys that I sub to, mm-hmm. he's got a kid, he's got a, a son. I said, could he wait like another year? He didn't. But anyway, wow. so his even though he's working, no internet. 6 p.m. He has no internet. Thankfully, they're 24 hours dead. I think we're in trouble for this this government. For our regiment right now, what we currently have running our country, I think we're in trouble for the next couple of years. And I think it's only going to get worse. But what I'm hoping is it doesn't become World War III. And I think that's what we're all hoping. Right, yeah. No one wants World War III. But at the same time, it's like if you do all these sanctions to Putin, great. If you, uh, you know, have all these companies saying, we're not going to sell to you. We're not going to use our services in your country. Great. But... And you don't you don't intervi- inter- intervene in Ukraine because it's not NATO. I get that, but if he's not stopping now, yeah. what's going to stop him? Mm-hmm. That's and, my concern. I agree with you, and I agree too. But I think that's when, if he does take Ukraine, I think that's it. I think he cannot go to what we had just discussed. I think they're not going to let him go to Moldova <clears throat> and lock. I, uh, I all think those. that. Well, who's going to stop I, him? Who's I think that's. Stop him? I think that's when NATO has to step up. I but, think they're going to have to. But, they're going to have to stop because. I, I just, I mean, I hope I'm wrong, but I think that's when somebody's going to have to step up and say, look, this is the same thing we saw with World War II. Nah, he's going to go take Moldova because nobody can do anything because he doesn't have to fear NATO. So what, what does he carry? Might as well. We're, we're not, we're, it's too late now. What are we going to do? Protect Moldova? What are they? There yeah, might what, be 20,000. But what makes them better than Ukraine or whatever? Right? Nothing does. It's just that they're not NATO. So well, exactly. But if you, if you already world. have said you're not going to help a, NATO, a, a non-NATO country like the Ukraine. Yeah. Why would you then help Moldova? Right, exactly. So it's free. So to him, it's like, well, might as well. I might as well. I'm already, I'm already <laughs> doing this. I've already got sanctions, you know, everywhere. The ruble's gone down 300. Yeah. What, what do I care? What he doesn't care. Yeah, no, but, he doesn't care at all. And what's funny is you, you put on the TV. Oh, we're going to sanction him. This. Do you really think that Putin wasn't prepared way ahead of time for sanctions? Of course he was prepared. He, he's not an idiot. I, and China, on the other hand, they're. They've been ready for this for a hundred years. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
I just no, think but... you got to with everything, and we do it, is it's the pros and the cons. Yeah. And I think, as I said, I definitely don't think, as you guys said, 15 days. He thought it was going to take him 15 days to take over Kiev and take over the country. So there's some, I think, legitimacy to what we hear, where it wasn't as easy. They oh, weren't yeah, just sure. letting him in as yeah. he thought it was going to go. Well, who in the world thought that just a normal guy would, you know, that they were handing out AK saying, go, and mm-hmm. half the country says, give me one, let's go. I mean, mm-hmm. nobody expected that. No. You so, know. so I think that's the first kind of hurdle where now he's sitting back saying, okay, we didn't just walk into the country. Yeah. They're going to fight us, and, you know, and they've got this, you know, leader who's going on TV and giving Winston Churchill speeches. <laughs> and you know like there's a lot of stuff going on on the which it's it, but it's an interesting time so yeah. it'll be interesting to see what happens well we we all are here to live through all of this and you know this will definitely be in the history books one day i would think right yeah, yeah. definitely so do you think world war three will happen in our in our lifetime he might croak but our lifetime <laughs> i'm just kidding Jeff. i'll keep you around thanks my friend <laughs> not I, more than I, once god i hope not but it's seeming i mean this happening just makes it all more, more more likely, unfortunately. I I would have said no until that missile yeah. yesterday with Iran, because now you got our, mm-hmm. Iran yeah. involved. You know? Right. So yeah, now yes. with that, that to, to me, I'm with you. Sooner or later in our lifetime, it's it's going it's to be bound they, to happen. Now they they might calm down with the next president, but then another weak guy will come in, or maybe we might have another weak one. But the and, question is, <laughs> what is and. I, I, I'm going to say where we could play polo and do a podcast. <laughs> I'm going to say World War Three. Hopefully, is not you know nuclear. Is it going to be more cyber? Because I think that's the direction it's going. Where it's more like you know, right now, I believe we probably have technology where we could shut down a country. Have we used it? Probably not. But like you know, the Elon Musk of the world and a lot of these very intelligent people could figure out a way to get in and, and do what they used to say, those dirty bombs or whatever it is where they could. So I feel like there's like World War Three if it does happen, is going to be different than it would have been 30 or 40 years ago. I agree with you. I think it will be cyber and way worse than an actual physical war because cyber means power grids, mm-hmm. satellites get knocked out. That, that's a whole different uh, ball game and just mm-hmm. hopefully not anything with biochemicals that's, that's that's yeah that's that's that's, that's the dangerous one what happened with the tv show so they're still they're they're actually filming it right now in fact when we came there uh they're filming it but it went in a different direction which is fine with me i've sure. i've already done my tv thing they're basically coming from the buyer's standpoint and they've got a host so burdette productions is putting it on in fact one of the uh, salons that I have right now just had four hours of filming. They're filming it again. And they're doing it more right now of buyers going in, meeting the three different businesses, shaking everybody's hands, and then figuring out which one they're going to buy. So it's good. Like they're not using the brokers as much as they were supposed to, which for me, as I said, is fine because look, if the deal happens, I still get paid on it. So, and man, yeah, and I don't need, as I said, out. it all works out at the end. But yeah, it'll, uh, they're, they just started filming two weeks ago. They're going to film for another four weeks. Um, I'll probably, with a couple of them, get involved if it gets to the final negotiations because that's when they're going to bring, apparently, the, the group in. So you're going to have the buyers, the sellers, the hosts, the brokers, and we're going to sit across and start negotiating how we get the deals done. Yeah, you'll get, you'll get some moves out of that. But it definitely, I mean, look, as I said, Burdett Company picked it up. It's uh, CNBC, as we said last time, and it's definitely happening, but it just kept getting pushed back. Well, everything that's been going on, everything's pushed back. Yeah, absolutely. All right, last two questions, and I'll let you guys get out of here. <laughs> One, are you concerned with AI, artificial intelligence, like robots, Neuralink, <sighs> all that? 
I mean, when you say, am I, am I concerned? I mean, I think it's a different animal nowadays as we discussed than it was when we were younger. You know, there's no more, I think, yes, it's going to take away from the factory worker. I think it's going to take away from the everyday person that might be waiting tables or going in and doing, you know, manual labor down here, you know, the customer service aspect. Yes. But big picture, I think there's always going to be a need for people to operate the artificial intelligence. So people like Grant and the younger generation that's coming in will still need to have some type of responsibility with it because- I hope you're right, I don't think so. See, but you know what? For me, there's always, and we used it last time, like there's that difference between, yes, all the kids can be behind their computers, but you still need to be able to talk to people. Right, you're still going to need to have some type of communication with certain industries and certain things. You know, like we said, like the customer service, like people are still going to get their hair done. You know what I mean? They're still going to go out. (laughs) You know, so yes, I think AI can do a lot of it, but I also think on the end of the day, there's still going to be a role, and you're still going to need some people. But uh, it'll be interesting because there's definitely a lot of uh, until it has a conscience that we give to it every day of our lives through our phones and internet until it has feelings and then it realizes that it can take us out in no time and unless you've got that Neuralink chip in that you can even maybe hang with the thing. There's this thing called immortal and we're mortal. And once they realize that we're killing the planet, you got to, I mean, long term. I look at the I, end of the I, day I've read too much about this. look at the end of the day we're all going to go home and tonight they're going to talk <laughs> yeah. about russia they're going to every time yeah. right <laughs> everything on my yeah. phone when i go home is going to be this conversation so it tells you all right what's going on right now You're, here <laughs> we are building that robot right. that the guy the guy in the the tidy whities with the bag of chips is eating we're building <laughs> when he gets his newspaper by sandra the new robot that will come and cook you dinner and tell you how great you are <laughs> I see it. I see it within twenty years, twenty-five at most. What I do just, you think? Yeah. <laughs> no. He knows more than both of us. Oh, without a doubt. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I've been in school I, in a long time. <laughs> I think what AI can do medically is really interesting. I, I think that's unbelievable. Still, though, I, I don't. It's tough to know how far away we are because we're, we're talking about commercializing something that maybe they're starting to do. You know, maybe a, you know assembly lines like that. But I mean. The assembly line is gonna have to change eventually. It couldn't stay the same for a hundred years. You know what I mean? I mean, we've 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 got all these new technology. I mean, Elon Musk has got Starlink for Christ's sake. Yeah. I mean, he was able to give a whole country internet on satellites. That's pretty incredible. A, and, and how much respect do you got to give him? And nobody right. else would. Unbelievable! With a fire of a tweet, I mean, you know, Ukraine I mean, tweeted, "Hey, Elon Musk, want to help us out?" And he said, "Sure." Heck of he a man. He tweeted back, "No problem. I got you. Starlink's going up." And then he went live and he said, "Hey, be careful with that because they can tap it." I mean, he's a hell of a man. I mean, and then he was telling everybody to, you know, with the gas situation. I mean, that was unbelievable. Like it's against everything that he made his money on, and he's like, "Look, you have to figure out the gas situation, right?" Like he's just a real guy. I agree, and I think he cares. And you know, the first thing he's doing with that Neuralink is fixing uh, if you're a paraplegic. That's the first. uh, Really, he's trying to get it approved right now, where they put a little hole in, shoot the wires like a fishing line, it hits the part of the brain that makes you paralyzed basically wow and uh that's the initial one right now it's under fda approval so that's that a, that would be the first neural i just love guys like he he doesn't care i don't think like he'll smoke a joint and then he'll tweet no. and he'll like you know he's like he's worth 200 billion dollars yeah, he sold all his houses is, right he like, sold all his, he, all his uh, houses but one uh, i mean but he but he is dead set on a on a ai force he keeps begging he was begging trump trump didn't listen he begged Biden, he begged Obama, AI force, because this guy knows what's coming. They don't. 
We don't. He know, this guy is able to develop a fishing line that he could throw a chip in you and make you as fast as any computer on the planet where we don't even need to move our mouth to talk. He has it. And if you don't think it's already done, I mean, your elevator isn't going to the top. Mm -hmm. he, but to, the approval will take forever. But they're starting with uh, Alzheimer's, paraplegics, and uh, there's one other one I can't remember. But those are the three that wow. are right now under FDA approval. It's impressive. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to It's impressive. It no, it's impressive. And I think it's going to be interesting to see how they commercialize AI, to be honest with you. Me too. How do that you think they do it? That's a great question. <laughs> uh, we're gonna. I mean, maybe maybe restaurants. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe like maybe like a McDonald's is the way I could see it. Um, you know, like Josh said, maybe maybe waiting in some capacity. Well, but, but from mean, your have point you of view, been to McDonald's recently? Oh like, yeah, the brand new screens. McDonald's. Yeah. are getting close. Yeah. I mean, you what, go in. Are you talking about yeah, the kiosk? The kiosk the yeah, yeah. You the, push the kiosk. That started in Europe, by the way. Yeah, I really? saw that in Europe. Yeah, in Sweden, they had it years ago. Really? In Sweden? Yeah, they had their own McDonald's called Max. And they did the whole like Shit. touchscreen kiosk yeah. thing. They're like, no one would wait in line to go to the desk. I'm like, what, what are people doing? This is like 2017 or 2018. Yeah. Like, what are these people doing? They're like, no, no, you just go to the kiosk. I'm like, oh, okay. Wawa. Yeah. Wawa was the, uh, first with their. Yeah, home, they right? they were. That's right. Wawa and uh, Sheets. Sheets. Sheets from up Sheets. in uh, Pennsylvania. <laughs> we just happened. got back. Spencer's favorite place is a place called Bucky's. Has everyone oh, heard yeah, or Bucky. seen Bucky's? Yeah, I've yeah, heard yeah, of it. Yeah. I've heard. Oh of it. my is, gosh! Is it good? It's how would I describe it? It's almost like think Wawa, but like Middle America country. So you walk in and there's twenty different types of beef jerky. Yeah. There's someone in the center making. Uh, brisket sandwiches, fried chicken sandwiches, like the sodas is, is like two miles long of the different sodas. I mean, everyone in there is about 300 pounds, but it's, <laughs> but it's, there, there must've been a thousand people in this place. And it was like, it had gas, like, you know, cause Wawa's whole thing was their gas was always 20 cents cheaper, mm -hmm. you know? So the gas was a little bit cheaper. Yeah. I don't think Wawa's gas is 20 cents cheaper <laughs> now. Probably not anymore, but yeah, that was no how way. they started. And then they had the subs the and subs. everything, but yeah. Yeah. And Bucky, I mean, Bucky's, it's like a shopping center. You know, you can buy gifts, you can buy a little bit of everything. When you go in there, it was, it was definitely, it's definitely an interesting, next time you go up to Orlando, there's one in Orlando and one near Jacksonville, Really, just swing in and they do. What I love about their marketing, because I'm a marketing guy, when we grew up driving down, you would see Pedro at south of the border, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. So it was always Pedro in 50 miles. Pedro, Bucky's does the same thing in Florida. Smart. And they make, you know, and, and every couple miles there'll be a sign that says, you know, Bucky's ready for you and all sorts of funny things. And kids like my son would watch it and would be like, wow, Bucky's. And then you go and he's like, they've got a. Uh, What's the game that he plays? Not Roblox, but what's the game that you play? What do you play, Spence? At Bucky's, where they had the uh, oh, Pokemon. Pokemon. Oh. So uh, Pokemon. <laughs> Bucky's yeah, yeah, yeah. had a Pokemon stop mm -hmm. in front of their place. So he gets out, right? And he spins and gets all the free stuff. And I'm like, smart. I don't know how they figured it out, but there was a Pokemon stop. That's cool. At the smart. Uh, at Bucky's. I do agree with you, though. Initially, you need people to run the AI. I, I was meaning like later on when it when it really kicks in. I I, th I mean, look, a hundred years from now, we probably won't be alive. I mean, we live longer. <laughs> I just want to be alive after our party on Friday night. But, <laughs> but uh, I, you know, I think at some point it's going in that direction. I just think it's uh, yeah, it's going to be. It's an interesting time. It's like pros, cons, everything else, and uh, we'll see what happens. And I'll tell you what, you gave me a lot of good advice 
You did. Early on, you gave me a lot of good advice, not just about this stuff, but about other things you did. So I, I thank you, Josh. You really no, did. Look, as I said, I love coming. This is the second time I've came in, Grant. Like I came the first time, it was just us. Um, and Nick apologizes. Nick is oh, actually has right. a game. That's why Nick wasn't here tonight. But There's, Grant and I wanted to come in and obviously I appreciate you guys come in and uh, and support you. This is awesome. This new studio that you have is is ridiculous. Well, maybe you'll and, come uh, more than once every eight months. Look, That's I, why I go to, to the meat market on Thursday. <laughs> look, I think it's the same. You've been to meat market as many times yeah. as I've done podcasts. So, well, I, you know, I always we'll, do them on Thursdays. Okay. I always do them uh, look, Monday and Thursdays, so it's tough. Look, but, I think we're even. You've been to yeah. meat market twice, right? Right. And I've been here podcast twice, so right. whichever one comes first. You know, either I'll come to a third or you'll come to meat market for dinner or, uh, you know, hopefully you guys come and see our, our white party. You know, I... You can bring your daughter and your wife, or uh, come solo, and we'll introduce some babes. <laughs> and then I get a bullet in my head. <laughs> I, I got a bullet in my head from the last one that I'm still paying. <laughs> it's all good. Oh yeah, I did want to bring up uh, one of the things I didn't I didn't realize you did uh, the foundation that you do for mm -hmm. boys and, and uh, girls. You want to talk about that a little bit? Um, this one. Well, yeah. this was this was. I mean, this was. I think we talked about it last time. But this was basically when my good friend Pierre played for the Washington Redskins. The Boys and Girls Club was underfunded, and we came in and asked what they needed us to do. And what they needed us to do was basically fund their after-school programs for twelve boys and girls clubs downtown Washington D.C. And it was like a hundred and seventy, hundred and eighty, whatever the amount was. This was one we did it with a hundred thousand dollar check, and it basically funded all the after school boys and girls club activities. So when he played, he played there five years. So we did it for five years. And what I love about this event is I was able to take some of the stuff that we did at that event and bring it into this one. For example, we'd always do a surprise performer. So with this event, you know, Grant stepped up and he's like, look, you know, I'm personally going to bring in a performer, not tell anybody who it is and announce them. Um, also, we were able to, you know, obviously do the white theme, obviously do things like bring Tito's on board, you know, and Tito's is going to have a polo team. Uh, Provident Jewelry Store is going to have a polo team, you know, and they're all very active with getting involved with this event. So just this event was one of those, as I said, I did this for years and then, um, on my phone. And then, uh, busy man. <laughs> and uh, and now, as I said, it's evolved. And what I'm hoping is this will be, and it's going to be our annual thing. And who knows? Maybe we'll take it. I'm, we're gonna we'll see if the big guy wants to do polo and uh, do another event this summer in Aspen. And uh, we'll uh, we'll have you guys as the podcast come out and set it up right uh, <laughs> on the side. And uh, yeah, we did show this last time, but that yeah. never gets old, man. I mean, no, it's all uh, good. A hundred thousand to charity—that's a lot of money. Yeah, I mean, no, that's I, something to be proud of. You can shoot, well, I mean, I'll show it every time you come in because <laughs> well, the thing we not a lot the, of people do that kind of stuff. Well, and for us, as I said, and I'll emphasize it again. We don't make any money. You know, we're not making anything on this. All the money that we make right now is going to LLS. So we have to go to like the Tito's and sponsors and people that are going to really be active with it. We, we we rely on them for a lot of stuff. And that's why I know you've heard us say, you know, Laura DeLuca Hirsch a bunch. You know, you've heard us say Mark and Melissa Gansey as parents a lot because they're the ones that are really supporting what we're doing. And able to raise, you know, thousands of dollars. I mean, as you saw, he raised one hundred and forty nine thousand dollars directly to LLS last Congratulations. campaign. Congratulations! Yeah, and, thank uh, you. No, look, obviously, like what Josh is saying, we're doing this, you know, not getting paid. We're doing it to, you know, we're raising money for blood cancer, and and 
you know, cancer affected my life. I mean, my mom had cancer and, you know, during COVID, so end of 2020. So, you know, just obviously I did the whole man of the year stuff before that. And then obviously this time around, it's, it gives you a little more purpose. You know what I mean? When it hits closer to home, I mean, I, look, it's, it's hit close to home for probably everyone, you know. Yeah. But, I, well, I lost my mom to it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, lost, it sucks. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's something that you, you want to, you know, if you can, if you can do anything to help yeah. anyone, why not do it? You know right. what I mean? I mean, it, it, sure, it's tough. Sure, you don't have to do it, but you put a little time in and you could save lives. So do it. You know what I mean? That's and, the way. And whether it's, you know, a $20 donation or no, five, anything, any, anything. Any, and it makes you feel better. It does. Oh, for I, sure. I feel better when I when I donate to, to things that I know are going to the right place, like, you know, you yeah. guys. And well, and especially, I, I mean, and once again, I'm emphasizing, <clears> and, and I know I'm not going to back up because we started with it, but. I'm, I'm honored that we're working with LLS because it's a great yeah. charity. You know, there's a lot of charities out there, and this is one that I think hits home for everybody. Yeah. You know, my, my real father didn't know he had leukemia until he was 60. Wow. He didn't know it until he was 60. At wow. 60, it was like hovering, I guess, but he didn't have it. And at 60, mm-hmm. wow. his uh, white blood cells went up. Then he, they leveled out, but he didn't even know until 60. So, I mean, I've dealt with that in my family and cancer. You know, so yeah, it's tough. And the most important one, my mother. That's yeah. with the no, cancer. I'm man. sorry. Yeah, what are you gonna do? Yeah. No, it's cancer. I know. Yeah, it's got to keep it moving. I mean, yeah, you but, sit yeah. there on the couch for a month and don't move, and then you say, okay, time to go. Yeah, time to get back to yeah. work. You know. Gotta, well, look, yeah. next year when we uh, when we go from 500 to a thousand people, <laughs> you know, we open it up. We'll come back and we'll be able to push it more when we have tickets available. Okay, so it's <laughs> <in> a year. <laughs> so a year from now. But we did actually, and what was great about it, and I will say. You know, and and you, Tommy, thank you both because Tommy, you did say I said, okay, look, you know, we're doing this event. You were like, how can I help? And I said, well, the events on Friday, maybe we'll come in Monday. Not realizing that, uh, realizing that our tickets would sell out in eight days, thinking that, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> thinking that we could do this, uh, this, and then we'd push it out, and people would be like, "Oh, we want to support. We're going to buy tickets." And now we're like, "Um, we're sorry, we don't have tickets. We don't have tables." <laughs> but um, Grant's link will put up, and you know, once again, it all goes right to a good cause. Yeah, so. yeah, no. because even though it's sold out, you can still donate, right? Absolutely. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah. can donate to. And to, if, you, if you watch this and you have any doubt, I mean, these guys aren't taking. You know, you guys don't need it. You know what I mean? And uh, it, it's a great thing. But yeah, when when I saw that it said sold out, yeah. I was like, wait a minute, <laughs> it's sold out. Okay, right. so I assume that you're going to want this out tomorrow, but it's sold out, Josh. <laughs> Well, good for you. Okay, we'll talk about a showdown. <laughs> but. Uh, Thanks for coming in, Josh. Thank you, Grant. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you for having Spencer, me. Spencer, sorry it was so long. I, I know you're a kiddo. You're, you're dying. How bad do you want to get out of here? One to ten. You could be honest. Just say ten. Where do you want to go to dinner? Anything you want, buddy. McDonald's. Ooh. You already know the answer. <laughs> well, that's bet. What do you think? I don't know. I'm going to go at McDonald's. Meat market. <laughs> <laughs> meat market. Meat <laughs> market. Perfect. You want to go to meat market? You don't know. <laughs> All right, we're going to have to prep you Mwah, next time for the show, buddy. Say goodbye to the camera. Say, bye. Say goodbye. Bye. This one here. Sit with that one. Come here. Say bye. Oh. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right. That's good. Awesome. All right, guys. Thank you a lot thank for you your time. So much, I appreciate man. it. Thanks. Thank you.